Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Tom and Terry podcast. Uh, we're watching Minority Report today, and we're about 10 seconds in, and you should see the DreamWorks logo right now. Um, great. So let's get started. We're 15 seconds in. Uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Tom and Terry podcast. It's been a while. Uh, today, we're watching a very weird movie called Minority Report, and I'm watching it today with Cameron. Hello. So, Cameron, this is the movie you chose, so tell us why you chose it. Because it's a fantastic movie. It is, it's Spielberg in his, like, first, uh, like, mostly CGI movie. Um, so, yeah, so an interesting fact about this movie is it is, it's, uh, it's one, it's first, the first time Steven Spielberg and Tom Cruise have made a movie. And it's also the first, like, futuristic sci-fi movie Steven Spielberg ever made. And it's also the first futuristic sci-fi movie Tom Cruise ever made. If you don't count Vanilla Sky, which is obviously the <laughs> the best sci fi movie, sure. Um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's like they're, they're like the the near future, just like the world that they create, as opposed to like the uh, even outside the plot, the characters, whatever. Just like the future world that you see is fucking so cool. Yes. Um. So I so I have one thing I have to say as I was doing research on this movie. When did this movie come out? Oh boy, I don't know. Two, th- I would guess two thousand and eight. Two thousand and two. This came really? out while I was in <laughs> high school. Jesus Christ! <laughs> How weird! Like I feel like this is like a mandala mandala effect movie. Whereas, like I feel like right. if you ask anybody when Minority Report came out, they would say like, "Oh, like two thousand eight, nine. Yeah. No, two thousand two. Like this came out while I was in high school. Well, it came out before I went to college. That's a testament to 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 how I don't think it's a Mandela effect. I think it's a t- testament to how it looks and how it, <laughs> it, and was, how it works and the ideas behind it. It was so forward thinking. No, Absolutely. but no, I just think it's a weird thing. Like I feel like if you ask anybody when this movie came out, none of them would say two thousand two. No, I don't think so. I mean, that's that that feels forever. Because it was like because it was the thing was this movie sixteen years ago. This movie originally got optioned for a. Um, to be made into a movie in like 1991, right? Philip K. Dick book. Philip K. Dick. So this is also the first time. Uh, it's also interesting that we're doing this commentary around this time because Steven Spielberg has recently re- uh, released a movie that's an adaptation of a beloved science fiction novel. That movie is, of course, Ready Player One. Yeah, that's, it's topical. That's another reason why I chose this. <laughs> This is his first foray into sci- into adapting sci-fi novels. Yep. And we put Ready Player One on the novel level of any Philip K. Dick book. Yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I, I was going I was going to um I was going to um I was going to pull a pull a switcheroo on you and be like, we're only talking about Ready Player One this entire <laughs> podcast because because I, I could as well. And, and, but there's an entire another podcast about how bad Ready Player One the book is, so I'm yeah. not going to do that. But I just want to touch on the I just want to touch on the fact because I've been laughing about it all week when we were I am in we were I am in last week and when you came to the slow realization that uh, Ready because you read Ready Player One, I did. And I'm reading it, and I'm reading it right now. When you came to the slow realization that Ready Player One was, in fact, a book for adults, I thought it was a YA novel. I thought, and I thought it was, I thought it was okay as a YA. Novel. I was like, yeah, it's pretty you good. You thought for, it was a bad YA it's a book novel, for, but for children, it's fine. Cut it some slack. I gave it so much. I gave it so much, so much uh, 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 extra slack because it was 
because I thought it was for children. Yes, and it is in fact a book for adults. And the slow realization <laughs> that oh no, <laughs> an adult person supposed to like this book. I asked a bunch of people. I was like, "Tell me, was this book for adults?" I wasn't sure. Yeah, no, it um, is. It definitely is, and it's like, and I and I would say it is definitely kind of of a very weird thing and i would say it's the first of its kind where it's a piece of um it's a piece of art or media that is it's it uses all of the trappings of a in a a piece of content for children but it's actually for adults what i would say like stranger things is the same thing as well where it's like it's a kid's movie it's like goonies but it's actually for adults right it's i should, I should have known weird, that the very bo- weird thing to do yeah i mean and i also to be fair i should have known the, the book is is full of fucking 80s references why would that be for children right yes every millennial um or every 12 year old in 2012 is absolutely obsessed with uh the <laughs> absolutely obsessed and loves mentions of the funeral scene from Heathers and absolutely understands that <laughs> reference. So, but, uh, so enough with Ready Player One. Minority Report. Uh, very shocking that this movie came out in 2002. Uh, this computer does not look as cool as I remember it looking. So, and that was the whole thing was it was like, so we're in the, we're in the beginning part of, um, Minority Report and the first 15 minutes of this movie is sort of, it was, when it came out at the time, it was a very like, flashy like everyone was like it was like kind of this it was a very much a showpiece of the movie mm-hmm. a set piece if yes you and so it was, it was like the part of the movie that everyone talks about and yeah rewatching it now you're like this is kind of yeah well first of all like we pretty much have this now and this this looks sure. this looks worse this is just ready player one it <laughs> this is the, touch this is just the, the ready player one technology we already, <laughs> we're we're there already um yeah, I just, I you just kind of remember it being so much cooler, and like, and even like, we don't even have to wear dumb gloves. And I remember even the aesthetic. Like, I remember thinking the aesthetic was like so, like, e- like even the visual aesthetic being so like out of bounds and like so crazy looking, where it's like kind of high contrast and grainy and stuff like that. Well, I'm like, this just kind of looks like not that, yeah, <laughs> not that different than <laughs> how- yeah. Like, I think, like, I think, like, kind of like visual aesthetics have progressed so from 2002 to a point where it's like everything looks like crazy and like is it a visual assault on your eyes that this kind of looks quite in comparison. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that it, that it is 2002 because it's like it's long and it's long enough ago that like it looked cool for the time, but it's also long enough ago that like it doesn't look cool anymore. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's very weird where it's something where it's like this was. Yeah, like all of these like shots of like the memory, the memory shots were like literally nothing has ever looked like this before. (laughs) (laughs) And so this is supposed to be set in 2054. And if like this is the the technology we have in 2054, like people are going to be bummed. So it's interesting. So do you want to get so like another big thing about this movie was that Steven Spielberg, um, he brought together a bunch because he was like, I'm sick of these dumb movies that are like, oh, in the te- in the future, we're going to be fucking getting teleported like Star Trek. He was like, no, I want real future technology. So he had a, a futurist summit where he had a bunch of futurists, uh, one of which was a guy is a guy named Douglas Copeland, who I actually really like. He's an artist and writer. But they all got together and they're like, what will the future really be like in 50 years? And so this is what they came up with. And so actually, I have a list of all of the future tech. Oh, awesome. And so we can go through it right now. You need a lot of preparation. 
I did do a lot of preparation. By a lot, I I'm mean very impressed. I read three Wikipedia. <laughs> All right, hit me with it. All right, so so technology. So these are the ones that have been realized. That in 2002 were beyond our wildest dreams. From this movie, these are pieces of tech that were multi-touch yeah, interfaces. The the whole this whole thing we did it. Common knowledge. Everyone's everyone's in the in the in the oasis now. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, was like like this is kind of it's also kind of a thing where it's like a lot of the technologies they're like in the future it'll be like this where it's like PDAs already existed. Right, that's what I was gonna say. How 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 advanced were we with touchscreen in two thousand two? Like all of these technologies are things that like already existed, but a little different. Where it's like right. retina scanners, like retina scanners, kind of already existed in two thousand and two, but it's just like they're better now. Okay. And it was actually more of like the tight the targeted ad stuff. Right. So this is actually interesting because this is like kind of er- like this came out during kind of early internet, so there's not a lot of internet in this. Okay, so the 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 they didn't do any prediction. In yeah, terms like of... they're like in the internet, uh, still be the same. You get emails and look at uh, right pornography and still form. <laughs> that's it. That's I remember all, that's the only thing the internet will ever be used for. I remember the targeted ads. And yeah, that, and that that one is really crazy. Yeah, that that, that came about in a absolutely real and, and terrifying it's like, way. It's, yeah, it doesn't exist in in your physical world, but yeah. And then the uh, the big one, the huge one. Minority Report, which is has turned into a very huge thing: autonomous cars. Right, right, right. So, do you think this is where Elon Musk was sitting in his weird little dome in 2002, and he was like, <laughs> "Yes, yeah." He was coasting on his PayPal money, and he was watching. <laughs> That's how he made his money. Yeah, and he was watching every Spielberg movie. <laughs> this other one, they got- the next one they say, where it was, I was like, "What?" And I was like, "It's like literally in one scene." And <laughs> how they refer to it in this Wikipedia is crazy. Insect robots. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't call that that, but okay. <laughs> and they're saying that's the thing that we have now. No, they're saying not yet, but they're oh, developing it. Okay. Gesture recognition, personalized advertising. We've touched on both those things. Crime prediction software, which is like Philip K. Dick thought of that, right? And um, they've got like e-paper. E-paper. We have. What, what do we have in terms of crime prediction software? So they're they're doing it where now it's like they just it's just big data analytics where they look at like a bunch of stuff and um, right either they look at people's patterns and determine if yeah, they're so they're like oh like you know like this is so we'll put more cops here but they're not precogs in a in no a there's no, there is <laughs> you didn't you didn't miss anything there's no precogs yet <laughs> okay cool. That would be something. I know there's a lot going on. I know there's a lot going on, but no, <laughs> you didn't miss that news story. So yeah, so we're still 15 minutes in, and this is kind of like the first. Uh, this is our first uh, into into the pre into into the the main conceit of this movie is that there are there are little mutants that exist, and their whole they can predict crime, right? And so there's, there has, so then there's like, so they're doing it here and there hasn't been a murder in 15 years or something like that. So here's, here's my, this is supposed to be DC, right? Yes. We, we, supposed from, to be, no, it is. It is DC, right? Um, from a workflow standpoint, should Tom Cruise be the one that figures out exactly where they are and then also goes there? Like, why could, like, he, he should, just from a, just from a efficiency standpoint, 
think he should be in the in the in the touchscreen computer world and dispatch the cops. Where right? Why is he boots on the ground and mission control? Exactly, and that's another thing where it's very funny to watch a movie like this where they had this whole summit and then like kind of the stuff where they got completely wrong. Where it's like they would just fucking drone that motherfucker. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like you, you, yeah, you need Tom Cruise out there like rappelling down into the place. No, that doesn't exist anymore. Right. I don't know if I missed something too, but you've got their, you got both their first and last names. Um, and you, and you, you can't, can't narrow down, like, it, right, like, there's, there's not somehow a database where you would know the first and last names and then know exactly where these people are. It's like you just know where the soda, uh, cul de sac is. Right. This is exciting. Is it? And so, like, the main thing, uh, and then so the thing is, is it's like, should this man be arrested? Right. That's the, that's the whole, that's the whole, you know, conceit of this movie, right? The you never intention versus action. And, like, you never did anything, so, like, why would you be going to jail? Right. But that's also the punishment, right? They don't go to jail. They go into, they go into a VR world in if which they, everything they go is. They into an oasis, if you will. Right. Where <laughs> They go to the oasis. So you go into the oasis. Oh they, my god! So Ready they get Player to hang out with. The they get that, to hang out with the Iron Giant all so day. The other thing that really annoys me about the oasis and the whole so the, the oasis is this fucking magical world where anything is possible. You can. He's talking about Ready Player One again. Yeah, just so we're there's clear. this magical world where anything is possible. You can do whatever you want, and like you can fucking like there like literally the possibilities are endless, and you use that to make the fucking DeLorean from Back to the Future. Like, you just you, you just use it to make things you've already seen. That's insane. Like, why? Like one, yes, maybe that would probably be what happens if it exists, but you as a writer, as like a creative thinker, right. like, you, you're like... <laughs> that, a little more exciting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what you say people have done. Like, it's just like the pyramid in Blade Runner. Cool, like... what? <laughs> Like you, it could have been literally anything. It could be like you right. know, it could be a five dimensional like, yeah, or but, some something from their life too, their own life. There's yeah. no, they they've brought nothing from their own life into it. Only things from from popular eighties movies. It's insane, and, to yeah. Me. And not even I'll, I'll I'll say this too. Not even pop culture that they like. Pop culture that they know that the guy who created it likes. Yes. It's like if your Facebook was only your only interests were shit that Mark Zuckerberg was into. <laughs> Very true. All right. Enough ready player one, which I'm sure <laughs> it will not happen. It will definitely not happen again. We'll definitely no longer talk about Ready Player One, the movie that drives me insane, <laughs> and the fact that Steven Spielberg, like Steven Spielberg, was like, you know what's really cool? The things I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, but like apparently it's not. It's it, apparently the movie is the movie is is good. The movie is serviceable. I refuse to. I don't I, understand how it is. Um, but again, if anybody can do big, large scale, uh, CGI driven movies. Steven Spielberg's pretty good at it. He was doing it in 2002. He was. He was doing this. it well in 2002. So, we're back. So, so now we're seeing what the future's like. It looks like Blade Runner, I guess. Like, it's all, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 
Like, that was kind of the thing where it was very future forward, but realistically future forward. And it's like. Just on a personal, why would you go running at night if your job was had so much running in it? To train for your job. I feel like you've done, but you did the job today, which, which keep he, he reached, he reached his my, miles on his future, on his future Fitbit. Do they predict Fitbits too? <laughs> I, there's no Fitbit in this. Oh, right. He does, he's a drug addict. Yes. He's a future, he does yeah. future drugs. So that's the thing is it's like, I think Philip K. Dick, um, uh, it's like, it's always really interesting because like, I would say like the the aesthetic and vibe that Philip K. Dick um, puts down is like definitely really weird, and I would say most movies that um, are adaptations of him of his movies, they never do it like how like if you actually like if you actually redo Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, it's just like weird, right. It's not like this, yeah. It's not like some futuristic sci-fi thing, and it's not like this. But mm-hmm. it's like there's always like weird shit where the guy's like addicted to some space drug. And yeah, so I would say the only one that does a good job of actually being like what reading a Philip K. Dick book is is um, Scanner Darkly. Yes. Yeah. Scanner Darkly. Yeah. That's the only one that's like this is like what those books are like. Yeah, they're 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 like definitely not linear A to B. And they're, like, weird and kind of funny and, mm-hmm. like, they're not, like, you know, they're not, like, this gritty dystopian thing. It's kind of, like... Yeah, I think you can... And also, people tend to go, like, a little, like, cyberpunk with yeah, it, too, which like is not, not really... they're not cyberpunk yeah. at all. Uh-huh. Yeah, even this has, has some has some cyberpunk type things. Absolutely, like absolutely. Was, and it's, yeah. like, yeah, and it's just kind of, like, not what the book is... Like, not what the actual short story is like. Right. Whatever. Would you like to go through all of the different Philip K. Dick books that have ever been? I I would. Okay, and we can see if you've. I'm kind of burning through my notes here. I don't though. think I've read through it. I don't think I've read a ton of them. So, The Man in High Castle. Okay, it's the Amazon series. It's all, they, it, they was a, the Amazon it was series a book. It. Yep, very good book. Did not read that. Uh, uh, short story. We can remember it for you wholesale. No, was that a, was that adapted? It was. These are all the. I'm not just reading his books. Oh, these are these, the, the books that were adapted. Adapted okay. into Total Recall. Okay. Oh, right. This was supposed to be a sequel to Total Recall. Yeah. So that's yeah. how long ago this movie was has been. How long this movie was in pre production, where it was supposed to be a sequel to Total Total Recall. Right. Which is crazy. Yeah, it feels like a, a hundred years and then it past was, that. And, and it was like literally like it was going to be Steven Spielberg and. Um, What's his name? Tom Cruise, but it was like, oh, you know, all these other movies got in the way, right? Like they were supposed to make this in 1997, but Mission Impossible Two was still filming, which is really okay. weird. And it's still like, I'm glad, movie. I'm glad How we got Mission Impossible Two. How is this movie this old? The was adju- Mission Impossible Two, the one with a uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. That was three. That was three. Okay. Two was the John Woo move okay. movie. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Okay. Oh wow. Hats. Hats movie. Yeah, the one with all the cool fedoras in it. The got it. Yeah. <laughs> um, second variety, which was turned into Screamers. Okay. A mid nineties like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sci-fi horror movie. Um, next. Okay. Starring, um, Nicholas Cage. 
Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 2007, five years older than this movie. Wow, yeah, I forgot about that movie. If I asked you, if I asked you which movie came out first, Next or Minority Report, what would you say? <laughs> I would probably say, I would probably say Next came out first. I'd probably say by, by a good seven years. Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Nope, this movie came out before, like, this movie came out before MySpace. <laughs> that is wild. Um, a Scanner Darkly, Paycheck, uh-huh. which starring, uh, what's his name? Ben know. Affleck. What is it? Paycheck. Oh, Paycheck. I thought you said Gate Check. She came out a like, year like after like this that, Paycheck is the one where he gets, like, his memory erased. Yeah, 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 okay. And he has, like, a ball of string, and then he gets, he's, like, kidnapped, and the ball of string somehow saves his life. It's right. fucking stupid. Minority God, Report. So many. Um... It's a movie called Imposter. Okay. Uh, and then Blade Runner. Yeah. Do Androids Dream of, of Electric Sheep? Yeah. Okay. I've read a lot of There's them. There's so many of those. They're almost all short stories. I like the idea that most sci-fi is pretty stupid, where it's like, it's sci-fi, they can, they're either like, I'm going to write 40 pages on this one idea and then get bored and stop, or they're like, I'm going to write five books. Right. About this idea and make Mike really bored, but somehow people are gonna love reading about the spice mines and shit. <laughs> right, but for but I think I mean this speaks to, to movies maybe uh, a little bit, but like the the ones that are based on short stories adapt super well because it's just one idea that you can play with and you don't. Oh yeah, you don't totally. Need to stick to the source material so hard. Totally. Um, those adapt super well. Um, yeah, I've only really I've I read Do Andrews Dream of Electric Sheep. I read um. Uh, a scanner darkly, and that might be all. It. Actually, I read that. I I listened to the audiobook of a scanner darkly read by read by Paul Giamatti. Not a joke. Oh my god! This is like the first audiobook I ever listened to. And I don't know why that one. <laughs> Could there be a worse voice to listen to for <laughs> right. five hours? So I don't want to spoil this movie. Oh, as we're saying, this is the oh, first time you're watching. Saying, this. I, you probably this movie probably came out before you were born. Yeah, and if this is the first time you're watching the movie with commentary, weird. That's you're a weird person. But if you don't look at that 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 uh, that older guy that we just saw, that guy that runs pre-crime, and immediately know that he's not the bad guy, you've not seen a movie before. Yeah, he right. is. He is the. He is. He is set up so obvious. I mean, maybe we were. Maybe we we're all more naive in 2002. But he was—he's so obviously set up. Yeah, they're like he's guy. an old man. Why? Yeah. What, what, he, what, what could he do wrong? Yeah. Yeah, and like it is kind of weird. So it is like kind of there are a lot of anachronisms. Like they're not actual anachronisms, but like there is like those weird things that they keep from the Philip K. Dick source novel that are like kind of weird in this in this setting and in this aesthetic like the weird weird wood ball thing like mm-hmm. that's weird like it makes it does not match the rest of the aesthetic of this movie right like if it was if it, it would just be like on a computer screen or something like that like why does it have to come out as a wood ball right i also like that he just uses this analogy to this federal agent played by colin farrell that you know this ball was going to fall and you you only caught it because you knew it was going to fall. Just if I was the entire, plot I would be of so. If if I was Colin Farrell, I'd be like, "Don't patronize me, bro. I'm a fucking federal agent. I know how this thing works." Yeah, yeah, like, I understand is... the concept. Yeah, I know. That's why it's troubling for us. Yeah, right. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it's just like when you like in, in a space movie where they're like at a diner and he's like, "All right, so this salt shaker's the Earth. 
and this pepper is the sun. Like, no astrophysicist have, has ever, like, laid out for another astrophysicist <laughs> right. using salt shakers yeah. what gravity means. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, like, <laughs> if you will, a Tom Cruise movie where he's explaining drafting to Nicole Kidman with, uh, with uh, Splenda packets right up to her pussy. Wait, what is this? <laughs> What in in Days of Thunder he explains oh okay <laughs> drafting right. and yeah, then, yeah yeah and then they totally bite that same scene in Armageddon with Ben Affleck and yes. Kyle mm-hmm. with the with the toy things right I love I love I, a, brush I, up love, a, Days of Thunder. I love a good explainer in movies like a little. <laughs> Right to somebody who very obviously knows what they're <laughs> what the, they're most, talking about. Most of the time, it is the dumb girlfriend. It's like, well, how does the car go faster <laughs> than the other car? For when you said drafting, I I thought of I thought of like a like like architecture, and I was trying to rack my brain for a movie That's where Tom Cruise played an architect. I'm sure there's a bunch. Um, so this is, uh, yeah, and this is, uh, an interesting time in, t- uh, Tom Cruise's career. Because it was, like, Mission Impossible 2, which wasn't super big, and it was, like, kind of, this is, like, that weird in-between period of Tom Cruise, where it's, like, he's not young Tom Cruise anymore, and he's not, mm-hmm. like, the Tom Cruise we know now. Right. It's like this weird point where, where now it's like novel that he's still doing it. Like this is like the, he's not old enough where it's novel that he's still yeah, doing it. We're yeah, we're kind of like, oh, okay, Tom Cruise is in this movie. That's cool. I right. guess I don't know. As my as my girlfriend Danielle says, and I think it's very funny, and I love her for it. She absolutely hates the fact that people like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt and George Clooney are still famous. She's just like, just for the reason she's like, new people, please. Like, I'm sick of seeing George Clooney. He doesn't deserve to be famous anymore. He's been famous my whole life. I do like it's like he's taking up the spot for like another cool famous person. It's true, that could though. Like, like fucking George Clooney has been famous pretty much my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. And Tom Cruise 100% has. Yep. Tom Cruise was yeah, was certainly famous before we were born. I also like the idea of this movie where it's like this precog, and um, somehow this precog is only managing to find, uh, which would only happen in a movie. This precog, <laughs> it's like, let's not deal with the fact that this precog they they would definitely be paying more attention to the uh, the large non-white population of Washington D.C. <laughs> right. I'm sure there's another precog unit that's very. They would be busy. That's <laughs> that's that they're definitely like. Oh yeah, definitely arrest them. I think the biggest signifier of the future that is is that his last name is just a little bit. Different than what you're comfortable with. Yeah, what is it, Atherton? Uh, Anderton. Anderton, yeah, yeah, not Anderson. John Anderton. Um, so this is 2054. Yes. So now, uh, so now here's a fun exercise. They made this now, 2018, 17 years later, however long ago. What, what would be different? Well, first of all, I think if you made this now and you're and you're sticking to the same technologies that like you, you have. You would just make one change and make it like 2028. Like it's so much closer. This technology is so much closer now 
it's it felt like it was 50, 50 years away the in two thousand two. <laughs> Not the mutant part of it. I, everything else. Uh, <laughs> um, it felt so much further away. Actually, yeah, they would one hundred percent just do. It would just be like instead of it being mutants, it would just be like big data. They like mind your your Facebook activity, and then they know you're going to kill this person. Right. Yeah, and and that's and, an interesting movie. <laughs> should we? Should we? Should we? Commentary. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> Not these precogs. Um, would you? Did you? And now, did you watch the TV series based on Minority Report called <laughs> Minority Report? I did not. Um, but which I, had one one person carried over from the tele from the movie to the television show. Oh boy, who was it? Can you guess? Uh, oh god, his name begins with a Tom, and his last name begins with a Cr. He was involved in the television. No, yes. I was he? Yeah, you don't remember in 2004 when Tom Cruise was the star of a TV show? Everyone no, 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 no. But did they give him like an EP credit? Did they like throw Tom I Cruise don't name think for credit? So. No. Um, you know what's very funny is how fickle, um, speaking of like kind of, so speaking of, uh, credits, Jan Debon is an executive producer on this movie. <laughs> okay. Just because he like in 1991 was going to make this movie, like he attached himself. Ten years yeah. prior, and, and in perpetuity, like, and Steven Spielberg is was butthurt about it. <laughs> so uh, wait, so who cared, who was in the TV show? <laughs> Some janitor, oh. janitor, which is very <laughs> weird. So they just got him to be like, "Look at this, we got you know, same universe." Can. Yeah, Steve the janitor. Um. Also, how do they not have a? How do they not have a have a a, a camera in here? They can't. They don't. They can't. Verify what Tom Cruise is saying. What'd you say, bro? So uh, I did. I do know that Wilder Valderrama was involved in the Minority Report TV show in some mm-hmm. degree. I don't think it was Wilder Valderrama. I think it was somebody else. No, I, th- I think it was. You can you can verify, but I believe it was Wilder Valderrama. Oh, is this the dude that's in that was in the? <laughs> Thanks. So. I think it was even somebody even smaller than that. Why is this guy playing the organ? I don't remember these parts. He just said it relaxes the prisoners. This is so. This is the VR jail. This is the the oasis where they hold the. Oh right, the, yeah, the, no, the it's prisoners, definitely right? not this guy. This guy is a good character. I don't know his name, but he's in a ton of stuff. He's a really good. Uh, his name is Tim Blake Nelson. He's actually nice. a re- and he's a really good um, director too. I like a lot of his movies. He's hilarious. He's he's great. And uh, what's it called? Oh, Kimmy Schmidt. He's in Kimmy Schmidt also. Yeah, he plays dad. her stepdad. Yeah, yeah. and he's in uh, my favorite Coen Brothers movie. Oh, brother, where art thou? What's your favorite Coen Brothers movie? Relax. Yes. <laughs> It's a great movie. They've just they've got they've got some they've got some hits. Oh, Wilbur Valderrama is, isn't it? Yeah. Good for you. But I think it made it might have been like a second season deal. I don't think I, he there was, was only like eight episodes, I so think. I don't know. But he knew he was he was at the bottom of the list. So I think he showed up for like a second. Was it on Fox? It was. Yeah. I feel like it's a very Fox type show. So it's very fun. Uh, so, oh man, look at all this crazy shit, bro. So there's still human beings that need to like have nutrition, right? So they're just like getting. What's the deal there? This is a post. This is a post matrix world. We all understand the concept of a person being in a tube and being fed nutrients (laughs) and never having to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
but uh they uh it's so funny how fickle people are so uh this is movies directed by steven spielberg uh-huh. and the movie he made before this was ai yeah. so actually this wasn't his first futuristic sci-fi movie oh That'd yeah no no that's true but um but AI was kind of a turd and didn't do well. Yeah. And so they didn't put his name on the posters. They were like... They did. They took Steven... <laughs> Imagine if you're Steven Spielberg you and you've done one you've done 20 movie. years of fantastic one work. bad movie. And then you make a movie that like you got from Stanley Kubrick and it's not... It doesn't meet expectations. Not a bad movie. <laughs> it was... Yeah. And it was not but, universally reviled. It just didn't do that well. Yeah. People were like, man, we don't want you tainting I'd this. I'd be so fucking pissed if the studio's like, you know what? We're not going to put your name on here. I know the Jaws and the well, E.T. and the Indiana Jones and all that. Everyone will know you did it and you can do interviews and stuff. But like, we'll just not put it on the post that's for fucking people crazy. walking by. That's absurd. I would be so <laughs> One pissed. <movie>. movie. <laughs> not even a bad movie. He's done... He's done worse movies. Yeah, I mean, fuck. M. Night Shyamalan, had, like, he had, like, four turds before <laughs> yeah. they started doing that to him. And, but his name was still all over Split. And that was, that was his first good movie, and that was God his, like, knows comeback, how long. yeah. But it was like, yeah, like, he had to do, like, so many turds, then it was, like, that fucking anime adaptation, and they were like, we're not gonna say you made this. That's infuriating. I'd be so mad. If I was Steven Spielberg, I wouldn't be mad if I was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, fucking... I still got Jaws out there. Yeah. I did Jaws. No, I have fucking 20 hits. You watch the Spielberg documentary on HBO? There is nothing that would interest me less than watching (laughs) this documentary about Steven Spielberg. Three hours of it? Oh, now you're talking. (laughs) See, I was worried that it wouldn't be in-depth enough. There is, to be fair... There is there is almost no conflict in that documentary. It's just like God, God was making remember- good movies, and then I kept making good <laughs> kept movies. Making them. <laughs> There's not really an arc there, but uh... yeah, and he doesn't really have anything like very. Does he have a lot of anything like particularly controversial about himself? No, 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 certainly not, not at all. Everybody likes him, but he's had a couple divorces. He's had a couple divorces, but who hasn't? But- I mean, Tony Hawk has seven wives. But, but... Is that true? Yeah, it's very, he seven has like he has like seven kids by like five different women. Wow, or something. I don't. know. That might be an exaggeration, but it is something like that where he's been married and divorced multiple times. Well, he is very cool. He did, he's just he like, nine twenty. Nine hundred. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> he went over. He went about twenty percent. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. He's twenty had degrees a, further. He's had a bunch of marriages, which I think is. Which is like, well, to be fair, Tony Hawk isn't even like a person people talk about anymore, right? But um, no, there's there's certainly not, and the fact that he's so liked, uh, you know, the, the, everybody, there was Brian De Palma and Scorsese, they all talked in the documentary about him, uh, pretty favorably. So yeah, there's the, like there's the furthest. Did Brian De Palma conflict. talk in a split screen? <laughs> That's a little movie <laughs> joke. Love it. Um, there. I mean, the 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 the. The crew they had then in the in the nineties was absurd. Eighties into the nineties. Yeah, I know. There's a whole entire movie that Steven Spielberg made about how great it was. It's called Ready Player One, and it's awful. <laughs> oh, Ready Player One, man. The fact and then Are you gonna the, see it? I will see it when it's not in the theaters. I've made a I made a conscious decision that I only see movies in the theater that I want to support the person making the movie. So that means I'm see. I saw Death of Stalin. So you don't want to support 
you don't Ernest Cline? No. Ernest, Ernest Cline, okay. You're okay and with Steve, Spielberg. Or, or Steven Spielberg. Why don't you want to support Steven Spielberg? I don't give a fuck about that guy. <laughs> That's a hard stance on Steven Spielberg. I don't give movies. a fuck about Steven Spielberg. Would you take his name off a poster? Because he made one bad movie? Absolutely. I'd be like, that shit was trash. <laughs> Because people are going to see that and they're going to be like, oh, Steven Spielberg's in his shitty sci-fi period. Um, did you see it already? I did. It's great. I love I, it. I did. I really liked it. And I thought I, I found it to be much more disturbing than I thought it would be. I thought they, they were going to sort of keep it light and sort of um, shy away from the more horrific parts of... Sure. But they did not, no. and it was like there was scenes. There were scenes that were very disturbing in it to me. Yeah, I was. Um, I was. It was some real uh, film talk. I I, I, uh, I saw it at Fantastic Fest um, in Austin, uh, and oh the, brother, <laughs> the director. We get it. You live in Austin. The director talked after it, uh, Armando Iannucci, and uh, he said, you know, he started making. He started. He set out to make this movie years and years ago before um, it felt as real as it does now. Um, so this was like, this was in motion maybe eight, nine years ago. Um, and, uh, it became a lot more valid in that time. Right. I mean, yeah, that's the whole thing Yeah, is that it's, but it's the whole thing. Cause it feels like it, that, that it was made because of that, but it wasn't like he started this, he started this process of this movie so long ago and it just, though he said the world marched slowly towards it, <laughs> making it real as he was making it. Yeah. Oh, uh, who's it gonna be? Leo Crow. Oh, Leo Crow. Yeah, Leo Crow's yeah, the victim. This kind of this movie, and then you know, uh, to the sign of the times, man. This movie is much more slow than movies were, than they are now. Like, if you're making a, yeah. sci- a sci-fi movie like this, which is essentially this movie is like basically like a a mystery chase movie, like. How's this motherfucker not getting chased yet? <laughs> right, right. He's like, oh, Leo Crow, who's it going to be? Who's in there? Who is it? Oh, this is where it happens. Yeah, th- this is it right here. To be, to be fair, and this is another spoiler, but to be fair, like uh, this system that that he that they all championed so well, and they and it, and it is the 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 the. The whole thing, the, the the solidity of the system is the whole thing that the movie is based on. System is fooled so easily by just pretending to murder somebody and yes. then not doing it. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there are like two. Like the whole thing is that like it happens twice, where it's like he yeah. prete- like this guy gets pretended to be murdered, and then like the other guy puts a puts a mask on and murders somebody else. Right. Moving with my fingers. Beep, boop, boop. Beep, boop, boop. I love the idea of him doing this, you know, uh, on set with, with, with nothing supporting it. I mean, there's nothing funnier in the world <laughs> than, than seeing, than seeing pre, pre special effect green screen stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, and so all of the precog stuff was the visual effects were done by the guy who did by the the company that did the uh the intro credits to 7. Okay. Which you're like, "Oh god, yeah." Which you're like, "What the fuck? How do you even remember that in 2008? <laughs> this movie came out in 2002. It was like barely 4 years old at that point." Right. Like and also I remember I remember this 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 guy's a fucking advertisement so obvious 
Yeah. For a guy who does this all the time, that's so obviously an advertisement. Goodbye, Crow. I like how stereotypical they made the guy who like who <laughs> like a. Uh, oh shit, it's him. <sighs> so this is this is now the movie can finally start. So we know he's a, we know he's a drug addict. By the way, does does it even come back? I don't know. Or is it just like we see him do drugs at one time and it's like, oh, very cool. And then that other guy cut his eyeballs out. It's, set, it's setting the scene, I guess. Right. In the future, people cut out their eyeballs for some reason. <laughs> because the uh, he does it because of retina scanning. Yeah, but why would that drug dealer do it? Oh, yeah. Because he's, oh, he, he, sold, he wants to live. He yeah. sold his eyeballs. Right. I guess. I don't know. I think yeah, I'm getting this movie more credit than I would Or say. he's like wanted and he doesn't want to get retinal scanned anywhere. So he just has mm, no eyeballs. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah, like that's kind of the one cool the one very cool scene in this movie is like the whole scene when he's when he has no eyeballs. The eyeball deal. There's who's, actually Who's the, the guy who who's the who's the guy who uh, uh Peter Stormare. Yes, Peter Stormare. Phenomenal. Amazing. The devil from Constantine. Yes. Um I was gonna say I like how stereotypical nerd they made this guy. Like long curly hair, his he just builds the. Nothing just, says I'm a stereotypical it. nerd who spends way too much time in my lab than wearing a Hawaiian shirt at work. <laughs> they all do it. They all love it. Yeah. If there's any, if that's the most 2002 thing about this movie. Yeah. Is 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 the is the like, uh, Jurassic Park Wayne Knight. Uh, I'm uh, a wacky nerd. nerd at work, and I wear a fucking. Very cool. I'll give you two minutes before I hit the alarm. The only reason he survived this is because he was a nice guy. Yeah. I like this shit. So how much did did uh was it Bulgari pay to make that to put their oh logo my God. on that watch? And the amount of the amount of like future tech product placement in this movie is right. insane and there's like a whole huge thing on an IMDB about like I do like Colin Farrell's character here because he's like they painted they obviously try to paint him as greasy greasy bad guy first but like all he wants to do is what's right yeah he's just he's just a, he just wants to do his job well he gets fucking smoked for it yep I read I, I, I when I looked at the Wikipedia I read that he was originally supposed to be the actual bad guy he was supposed to continue on and be the yeah they did a lot of stuff this is another one of those movies where it's like kind of weird like the the whole idea of how of the whole idea of movies in general are really weird where it's like you have an idea for a movie and then you have like a script and then it's like you're making the movie and then fucking Frank Terabach comes in and rewrites it like two weeks beforehand and then that's what gets like it's so weird to me yeah it would be crazy as a director to say there is so much product placement in this um to all of a sudden say um oh we're gonna change the entire thing the other uh and we're gonna shoot it in three weeks yeah and then and it's like okay. and then it's like and if you still want to get money for this you have to like go into screenwriters guild arbitration about it right. and like all this shit Oh, movies. That's why they don't really exist anymore. Because they cost it. That's why there's seven made and they're all based on Marvel. There, I mean, it is a, it's a weird, it's a weird system where they only make movies that cost $400,000 now. 
four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah, just n- no other, no other. Four hundred thousand dollars. Four hundred million dollars. The average price of a movie. Four hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, it is weird. So it's like, you're like, it's, yeah, it's either, it's either, it costs a billion dollars or you have to make, you get a Kickstarter. Ah, here comes the, here comes the first classic Spielberg set piece. That's great though. Still cool. Yeah, it's great. Like this whole verticality thing was very cool. Yeah, and that was the thing, that was the thing with this movie was it was like, we did this crazy thing with the film processing, and so it looks like shiny and gray, and I'm like, I'm like, this just looks like a movie, like, it doesn't look that crazy. Right. I mean, there's pro- probably roughly for, for a movie like this, like, $10 million worth of stuff done that nobody ever notices. That nobody would ever notice. That, um, Bulgari paid for. That's <laughs> true. That's fair. Yeah, this is a fun set piece. Uh, they're all doing yoga. He's doing the yoga things. <laughs> this feels very weirdly out of place. He loves it, man. Steven Spielberg is like, so we got this crazy set piece where this guy's running for his life and then bam, something kind of funny. Bring it right out of it, yeah. <laughs> something kind of funny, like not... Also, that was like not. I remember that set piece being like seven minutes long, right? <laughs> it was yeah. Forty-five seconds. But the Mets still exist, and uh, where do you see that? They, they're talking about it. He said, "What, what did you talk about?" He said, "The Mets." I, they should have done. I, I fucking love shit like that. Where it's like, "What are you guys talking about?" The Mets. You know the. Wisconsin Mets, where it's like, well, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's different now a little bit. <laughs> the Wisconsin Mets, our favorite space disco team or whatever stupid sport they're doing in the future. Space disco. Do you know, uh, do you realize, uh, so I, all I've talked about is the things that I hate in movies. And I've realized that, that as I've gotten older, my, um, I think it's because I realize I have so much less time in my life. Um, that I really like, I can't spend it watching things unless I'm like, I, one, I like, I have to know I'm going to enjoy this. Mm -hmm. So like hour long, any hour long drama on television, not happening. Okay. (laughs) No. Sure. Unless it's, unless it's like. Unless I, so it's like, I would rather rewatch Mad Men than take a chance on some fucking. You won't even give it one. No. And then, so like, and then I just like, I like, and then that, like, that's why I've written off writ large. Good thing there's no good one hour dramas. On I found the one. I found the one. I watched it and I rewatched it. That's all I need. <laughs> okay. So don't even tell me the other sure. ones. Like, I, I know they're not as good to be as good. Why would I watch less good ones? <laughs> <laughs> but and then it's like that's why I've written uh, that's why I like no mar- no superhero things writ large nothing okay because I know like I'm just like I know what that is I know what it is like right. I know what superhero stuff is sure yeah yeah so why am I gonna watch this right it makes you feel a certain way and if you don't care about the way that makes you feel I then, just, then... I, oh did you see the fucking Cameron Crow no I missed it 
Cameron Crowe right there. Cameron Crowe cameo. And apparently, apparently that motherfucking subway shot was full of cameos. PT Anderson's there. Really? Yeah. Like, it's like the whole entire cast of Almost Famous was in that fucking thing. Oh, this, this, uh, file this under things I wish existed. Jetpack cops. So that was the one thing that they were like, all of those futurists were like, we're never going to have jetpacks. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg was like, don't care. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was like, I it. love them. <laughs> Put them in. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It doesn't seem any, any more efficient than walking. Ah, uh, let's see. They're like still bro- the boys yeah. in blue over here. Establish their rapport. Oh, very cool. Everybody runs Fletch. He said that earlier. How's he, how's he going to get out of this jam? Oh, I forgot the six oh, sticks. Oh, six sticks. Very cool. Yeah. That, I wish that existed, too. Oh. This going to be sick. That's going to be sick. Ah, oh, man. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, I guess now you you are seeing the efficiency of the jetpacks. Yeah, the verticality. Yeah. This movie does a lot with verticality that a lot of movies don't. You got to build up, right? Ooh. It's the future. Oh yeah, he he didn't he wanted to make sure his 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 his, his bro didn't die. Yeah, so like that's like the he whole thing. Him. So this is like this is a kind of fun thing where it's like they're fuck cops i hate cops but like <laughs> I, I, the idea of this is cool right these are future cops these are these are but I, I like the idea of i like the idea of an action scene like this where the guy is like he doesn't want anybody to get hurt yeah i know you hate cops but you got a soft spot for pre-crime the pre-crime department i mean obviously been... yes like in the future i'm sure i'm sure every cop will be nice to everybody and it'll be fun I'm sure they will try to protect and serve. And I'm sure they definitely won't use that precog in a way to exploit people. Or exploit that precog. Yeah, no, definitely not. That's a human being, too. Man, the special effects don't look so hot. No, they really don't. This is like, this was probably the, like, I was something crazy where, like, Industrial Light and Magic... What a fucking oh my God. stupid! Put in these stu- little, these little Spielbergy like <laughs> moments. <laughs> this stupid, stupid thing to put in your movie and to be like, <laughs> like to know how much movies cost. Like that probably cost like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, like these corny like fucking hook moments are yeah. so stupid. Like. He also does the multi. Who did the score for this? John Williams. John Williams. Yeah. Want to know a fun fact about it? Yeah, him. Because I have one. So usually John Williams, he's like, when I'm making a movie, I come in 
when you sign the deal, uh-huh. I'm coming in. I'm there the whole time because that's how integral my music is to this. Uh-huh. This was one of the only movies he ever came in at the very end. Really? Yeah. Guess what? It still sounds the same. He doesn't need to be there the whole time. There was a John Williams story in the. I'm going to butcher this and get it wrong in the documentary where he did a he did a score. This is just how, about how John, uh, John Williams and Steven Spielberg are, are bros. Um, sure. He he did a movie and he wanted to bring in John Williams and John Williams read the script. It might have been Schindler's List, and he said, "This movie deserves to have somebody better than John Williams do the score." And Steven Spielberg said, "I agree, but there's nobody else alive." Oh my God! Why don't they like? Why don't they suck each other's <laughs> dicks? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, these guns are really cool. Future tech! Wow! Pow! Again, not something that seems efficient, but looks. Yeah, awesome. why don't you just shoot him with a real gun? Yeah, I feel like you should make the like make the cocking mechanism also easier. Yeah, than having to spin the whole gun around, but it looks cool as shit. So, how much do you think the futurists uh, disliked Steven Spielberg when at the end he was like, "I'm gonna take all your ideas, but I'm also gonna throw in these jetpack cops." I know you said no way, but we're gonna do jetpack cops. We're gonna do stupid guns. And we're gonna do. I think the stupid guns are one of their their ideas. Like, really? Yeah, they're like concussion guns. Well, yeah, the, the concussion guns. I just mean like the mechanism of the gun. Yeah, and that was the other thing where it was like because there was like the there was so much publicity around um, the Steven Spielberg hiring all those futurists for the Futurist Summit. That like the actual production designer was like, chill out, everybody. Like, <laughs> right? We got to be a movie. We still have to make yeah, a movie most here. Of that yeah. shit got thrown in the trash. Like, <laughs> like, I there was me. Yeah. There's, we're not gonna put 45 minutes of computing into this movie. So uh... yeah. Everything is branded. Do you did you did you ever play the Minority Report uh, video game? No, but I do remember it. I do remember something about it. You play the blonde haired guy, Fletch, or yeah, the the cop. You play Fletch. I can't think of a less interesting character to play in this movie. Ooh, that's a good question. Who would be a less interesting character to play? The lab technician. Yeah, the, 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 Blake Nelson. The, <laughs> sits in a room all day playing the organ. The organ and then, and then eating bacon and eggs off of a hot plate. <laughs> Just a quick time event. Yep. <laughs> Look at him like, ah, oh, oh man, again. he did this, he did the straight up fist into the hand. I'm yeah, going to punch your, I'm going to punch your face I'm in. Get you, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Does he drive that shit straight out the lot? Yeah, yeah they just assume that the the, uh, the cars just open up to the open road. They open up to the, the open road, open road and everyone knows as soon as they're done with paint, immediately let, ready to drive. Ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> Def- and that, definitely that's how it's always worked in the present time, and it's definitely how it's going to work in the future. 
<laughs> the, uh, definitely not going to be any sort of electronic start or no, certainly key not. code. <laughs> nope. Just go. Ready to go. <laughs> they, put, they bolt the seat in and then you're ready to yeah, go. They close the driver inside of it and then we're good. Um, I did, I saw some photos of Colin Farrell this time on the press tour for this, and he was like straight, that was like the Colin Farrell that you were. Oh, I love this. In the future, also, plants attack you for some reason. (laughs) So it's never addressed again. Um, he was like, like big beanie scarf Colin Farrell back in the day, like. Love it. Yeah. uh, Prime, prime Colin Farrell douche status. Yes, exactly. He was, he was peak Colin Farrell. Yeah, because this was, like, right before he became a big star where he would be, like, the also-ran. Like, he would he would be a supporting in a movie like this. Right. So it's pretty interesting. I invented the precogs. It's interesting because I work with technology, but I love plants, which are obviously not technology. <laughs> Oh, right. So that's why the plants attacked her, because she makes, like, weird plant hybrids. She's a, you're right. Yeah, man. These Steven Spielberg movies, it's, like, really just, like, I can't keep track of all these damn things. <laughs> it's why I hate the expert movies. I'm like, I need to, t- I need to like, fucking remember everybody's super special power. Oh yeah, and there's so many, there's so much assumption, I, I like those movies, but there's so much assumption that you know from a past movie or like the source material what this person is and who they, and what they do. There's so many aha moments where you hear people in the theater like, ooh, ooh, and like you have, you, that's but Banshee. You, right? He can scream. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, that's sort of annoying to me. And I like that stuff, but that's, that's sort of annoying to I me. I think it was like, I think, I think, I can't remember when the last one I watched was, and I was just like, it was probably one of the DC ones. And it was like, cause like, I actually liked Marvel. So like, I was kind of like, ooh, mm-hmm. that guy's there. I know what he is. <laughs> and I liked it. But then it was like, it was something that I had no connection to. And I was watching like, whatever. I think maybe like Justice League or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was watching like Wonder Woman or something, and I was like, I have no connection to this. So watching this happen, I was like, oh, this is what it's like for people just who just a person who went in. To, yeah, and yeah. I was like, and then it made me deeply sad because they still keep going and liking <laughs> it, and I was like, what's happening? Like, why Everybody. would why would you watch this? There is such a small contingent of of those people who like actually know the source material and like, like why are things, you watching this? but they're still are so into it they, why are you watching this like yeah. why are you going to ready player one you're like oh that's akira's motorcycle <laughs> right why do you care like why do you care to see that the vast majority of them it's crazy Ooh. here's a quiz for you okay yes or no on on steven spielberg's wikipedia page in his first paragraph it's got, he directed such movies as, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen of them. What? In just the first paragraph? Just He's first made paragraph. like 56 yeah. also. Also, by the way, you can't do such as and then list 17 movies. <laughs> such right. Did such it, as his entire discography. Here's the quiz. Easy yes or no. Is this one of them? Wow, is that's a great question. Is, is Ready Player paragraph. One one of them? Because it's his last movie. Ready Player One is in the next paragraph as a, his latest movie was, re- was Ready Player okay. One. Okay. 
So is Minority Report in here of like his top 17 movies? Yes. So these are only movies he directed, so it doesn't have like the movies he produced and stuff like that, because you forget that he has a very prolific career as an executive producer of movies. True. Uh, no, these are only movies that he's directed. Okay. So is Minority Report on there? <sighs> this did not win. This was wildly successful. Yes. But it was not. It was. It was. And it was pretty. It did pretty good critically. Mm-hmm. It did not win any awards. No. It wasn't uh, even no, nominated. It did. It, did. it sound won. Editing. Sound, sound editing. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was even nominated for anything other than that. I don't think so. <sighs> Wow, that is a great question. I'm going to say no. You're correct. Not? not. What was the name of the 17? All right. Jaws. Jaws. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. Raiders of the Lost Ark. E.T. E.T. the Extraterrestrial. The Color Purple. Okay, sure. There's some, there's some, there's some reaches in here. Color Purple is not like, you forget that like, no, it's because we, we weren't around during it, but like that was a phenomenon. Absolutely. Empire of the Sun. Sure. People love that too. And that's another one that like Mm -hmm. we don't really have any connection to. Schindler's List. Sure. Amistad. Sure. Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Here's where it gets a little weird. Munich. Yeah, movie. people loved it. Never War saw Horse. it. Warhorse. Another movie that I... Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought up Warhorse. <laughs> a movie that most people forget about. Why is Warhorse in here? Most people forget about Warhorse. Right? <laughs> yes, true. That even remember it existed. Thing, yeah. Besides one guy who <laughs> I, who works on, on my floor who has a <laughs> giant framed Warhorse poster in his office. Like of the movie. Not even of the... Because it was a play first. No, the movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love the... Uh, like, because I know War Horse was a play. Yeah. And I always get it confused with Equus. Equus. That was the thing about <laughs> like, Equus. They were both plays. Yeah, but it's... No, it's not about fucking horse. It's about it's about hanging out with one. It's about being best bros with one. Um, Lincoln. Yeah, uh, I always forget he does. Li- he did Lincoln. Like I uh-huh. feel like that was more Daniel Day Lewis's movie than his. Right, Bridge of Spies, which I saw recently, is a fantastic movie. I mean, who cares? It's so good. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Um, The Post, which I saw recently, not a fantastic movie. They, I, I when I rented this, they were like, "You should also rent The Post," and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah." It was just. I mean, it just was exactly what it was. You know, it was. It just. It didn't do anything. Like, we've reached a point where it's like a movie like that, like, what are you gonna do? Right. I mean, a Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Steven Spielberg movie, like, it's, it's, you know, it's gonna have, it's already floating on its own right. merits, but it's just, right. after that is, uh. Right. Is Catch Me If You Can on there? No. <sighs> we're, we're at the end here. It's very weird, though. So the post is the last one, but it, so it goes, it goes, his films began addressing these, the, these things, and then they list all the films, and then there's another sentence at the end that says, his other films also include Jurassic Park, AI and War of the Worlds. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I, I have a problem with War of the Worlds being on here and Minority Report not being on there. Oh, War of the Worlds was way bigger, way better. It was bigger. I, I, I don't think it was better. You are tripping, son, dude. <laughs> War of the Worlds is so good. War of the Worlds is not bad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not talking trash on War of the Worlds, but. I think this was, this was far They're only more. two, they're only two years apart, by the way. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, War of the Worlds is a th- is the one is was that both of their follow ups to this? No, there's no I way think they probably there's no way Tom Cruise didn't work for three years. Yeah, Tom Cruise so. probably did some fucking. I think he did something else. I think he did like the Last Samurai probably. Mm-hmm. But 
Oh, like this movie's so long. Like, what am I doing watching this? Like, it is, thing? how long is it? It's not. It's just like not that much happens because it's yeah. like he was like, this is my like film noir movie, right? And it's like film noir movies are boring as fuck. <laughs> he definitely had some like had some... four things happen and it's a bunch of people talking <laughs> and that's why we don't make them anymore. He definitely had some blade, some Blade Runner. He definitely like took a lot from Blade, like. F- also, yeah, there's like the, the there, Steven Spielberg version of Blade Runner, where he was, was like, like, he watched Blade Runner, and he's like, more things need to be happening, right? Yeah, where's where's the one hilarious thing in the action <laughs> sequence? We need that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to look up the runtime. By the way, I recently rewatched uh, the first Blade Runner. Uh huh. Um. And I was like, Danielle had never seen it. I was like, oh, baby, you gotta watch it. It's so good. It's like so awesome. And then like we're watching it and then the slow dread that came over me watching it and realizing this movie is not very good. <laughs> which, which version did you watch? Like the, I, I, we, we actually watched like the one with the narration and I've seen them both. The narration one is better. It, I think it is too. <laughs> I think it is too. Don't want to say it. I think it is. But like just the slow dread of being like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no, this isn't good. I've forced forced my girlfriend to do this. Yeah. I mean, if you ever want to know if a movie is truly, really good, like make somebody watch it on your recommendation and watch it with them. Yeah. You will dissect every scene. Because I was just like, uh oh. Because I was like, like, because I I was just like, it was like 30 minutes in and I was like, those are all the things I remember. I don't want to be trash. I don't want to be on record trash talking Blade Runner. I like, I love Blade Runner, but it's, I it do. Is, and it's great, but it's like, like literally like, it's like, it's beautiful and it's mm-hmm. awesome. And it's like, but it's like corny yeah. and boring. And there's no doubt that the Ridley Scott version would have been fucking crazy. Like it, it was crazy. It was, it's like, it's yeah. amazing to look at and it, like, it's, it's beautiful and it's awesome, but it's like corny and boring. And then obviously Rucker Hauer is a revelation in it. Yeah, That's it. He's, he's absurd. Everything else is bad. And like, yeah, like watching Harrison Ford stand, stand around looking annoyed isn't great. Make it Peter Stormare his Rutger Hauer in this. God. And I also hate how these like eighties douches love classic cinema. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, I'll just be playing. Like, that's cool, right? It shows that, like, it's like such like a fucking shallow way to be like, I also like these old things. That's what I'm inspired by. <laughs> you know, like Ernest Klein, the world's worst writer. I mean, it's, it's a YA book. It's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so this is where so Peter Stormare shows up and is fun for a little bit. This is great. This is a this is a fun sequence. He leaves him right. He like he gives him the surgery and then he just leaves him. Yeah, he leaves him. Like he cuts out his eyeballs (laughs) and leaves him in this dilapidated apartment building. And then the and then the robot insects or whatever. What did they? Yeah, spiders, but with a Y, like the sunglasses. I wish I wish they were as in another place of product placement they were wearing spider sunglasses. <laughs> he 
he's got he's this is like you can see there's a little bit of cyberpunky here like this is i was was about to say this is like kind of like the philip k dicky part of it where it's like he's getting eyeballs cut out and there's this weird guy yeah i I just mean like aesthetically it's the more it's the more like i guess it's uh i would say this is kind of closer to the philip k dick thing than like a lot of the stuff yeah plot wise for sure Oh, he, he's supposed to have known him? Oh, that's, that's what you're figuring out. I get it. Whose eyeballs does he get? I don't know. Imagine it was his drug dealer. <laughs> Tom Cruise acting the fuck out of this uh, anesthesia. I'm drugs. Never, <laughs> I don't know what this is like because I'm into... Oh, so, so, so now that we got a little bit of downtime... Uh, while they do this thing, um, so a big thing I like to talk about, unlike the the, the plant sequence, which was just a the riveting reward, plant. right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always like to talk about the big elephant in the room. Okay, Tom Cruise. There's something why, why we're here. There's the a reason why we're there's here. a special thing about Tom Cruise that most people don't know in terms of his personal life. He's, in fact, a Scientologist. A what? Yes. Yes. I don't know if you know what it is. It is a thing. So, one, like, do you think, so, like, the big... I don't know if you talked about this on this, I don't know if that was verboten on this podcast or not. Yes. No, we can talk about it. It's fine. So, my question is, do you think he believes that, like, fucking Zeno's around and all of those things? Or do you think that he, they found out he was a gay guy and like they're holding it against him and like what do you think what do you think the score is with tom cruise and scientology well that's what they say like they say that it's the they're they're all the it's all the like probably gay celebrities that are like coming out hard for Scientology. they were like they did the thing they did the thing and then like they found like during their like during their auditing process they found out that like tom cruise had gay thoughts and then they're like well we know all this stuff about you so we can't you can't you need to like still stay in a part of it right or do you think, so my brother is like, I don't know, he's probably not gay, or maybe he is, or whatever, mm-hmm. but he thinks that, like, if you're Tom Cruise, and you're, like, you've been in this since you were young and naive, and it's basically all power of positive thinking stuff, you could probably brush past, like, all of the, like, crazy shit and think of it's just, like, metaphorical stuff, and you could probably deeply believe it, because your life is awesome, and you do think positive, and people tell you you're great, and it is because you believe in the tenets of Scientology. Well, listen, like, I know he's, I know he's, uh, um, he's an actor and he's one of our, he's one of our best. Sure. Um, but in those materials that have come out of, of him, um, he is fantastically enthusiastic about, he loves about, it. Yeah. And I don't even know if Tom Cruise, one of America's best actors, could pretend that, could pretend that hard. Right. That this, this, the space alien religion is, is, is for is for real without believing in some degree of it sure um i would say that so here's another question so you know a lot of a lot of stuff has changed since the last time i did this podcast there's the me too movement and all this and a big question is can you separate the art from the art when was the last time you did the the this podcast uh, a couple months ago with matt whenever uh the second jack reacher came right, out that's on right. dvd um but so so objectively, like Scientology is wildly exploitative. They do awful things to people. Mm-hmm. 
and Tom Cruise has benefited from it probably more than anybody. Sure. Can you still enjoy Tom Cruise as a person and enjoy his artwork knowing that, you know, like he does all of these bad things in his personal life? I, you know, it's, uh, that's a good question and it just got very serious. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I maybe don't enjoy Tom Cruise on, on the more. And then Peter Stormare is out of the, out of the <laughs> movie like a lightning bolt. <laughs> I maybe don't enjoy Tom Cruise on the level of which I enjoyed, say, you know, a Louis C.K. or somebody else that was that you, that um, sure. that had a had a scandal come out, um, and uh, you know had to you know changed what what they were about. Um, so so I, I don't I don't take it so seriously, but I I don't know. I mean, you have to weigh what his actual involvement in Scientology is, and 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 how much a he knows or. A or B believes, you know, he, he's certainly a figurehead for them, but he's, I, I guess it's hard to say, you know, what, um, what, uh, what other involvement he has in it. Like if he know if he's a decision maker in Scientology or not, I'm not trying to be a Tom Cruise apologist in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, Scientology. Oh, it's, a, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking travesty and a disaster. How did he I'm get a- into this whole thing where now he's getting his eyeballs taken out? I lost interest in what you were saying. <laughs> you asked me <laughs> the most loaded fucking question. <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> ooh, future- Peter Stormare's being funny. <laughs> ooh, future technology. He's, he just showed him the thing where he shoots into his face and it like turns his face, it turns his face yeah, into motion. I don't know what that's about. I don't know why that is helpful to him. Cause it's like, so then he can let, like, I think that was like, that was his like little freebie. He's like, here, take this little freebie. But that's to avoid facial recognition too? Is, is yeah. that the deal? Okay. Yeah. Or it's like, or just if somebody knew him. He he's could. like, or it's just like, it's like, hey, don't, don't show me the fucking, fa- uh, the fucking face mush paralyzer in the second act if you ain't using it in the third act. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Don't check off the gun. For sure. <laughs> check off face paralyzer. <laughs> <laughs> which is like that is another thing where it's like these steven spielberg movies are very much like that right where it's like hey i'm gonna give you this thing for no reason then i'm gonna use it and it's gonna be cool <laughs> yeah and you're gonna be like oh that's why they gave it to me but like there's no logical reason like, to oh, give it to thank me god john anderton had that <laughs> right and like there, like so he's like he's going to be in this thing he's like he has to like sleep for 12 hours and they just like set up like so many little things where he's got like he's got like the rope in his hand, he's got the fucking sandwich in the refrigerator. Right. He's got the eyeball. This is about to like, get yeah. so, <laughs> this is basically this is basically about to home like, alone this bitch. This, <laughs> this is basically like that fucking Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> so they're gonna talk about the ending of this movie again, so uh don't if you, if you By the seen way, it. this is the only this is the only scene where they didn't do the crazy like film processing yeah, thing. Yeah, which yeah. and again it looks barely different than the other one. <laughs> so um there's uh there's a um there's a uh a, a, a alternate or someone proposed an alternate ending to this movie that was like, This is so obvious, why didn't you do this? Right? He at the end of this movie People, people did criticize it for being a little too. Um, Are you talking about the happy ending thing yeah. where it's like, and then they don't, they don't do the Brazil reveal, right? Exactly. To to and, and yes, and, and there's also a 
theory that you know the happy ending didn't actually happen. It's all in his head. He's in one of those VR tubes. Right. Um, I don't think Steven Spielberg is uh, no Steven Spielberg is like I think no, he's given too much credit. No, what are you talking about? What I showed is what happened. <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. how movies work. Right. Um, <laughs> But the thing that they should have done in the happy ending that somebody proposed that I was like, that's so fucking obvious is like Agatha precog is like a baby. She's had her mother murdered. He lost his son at a swimming pool. He took Agatha out of a swimming pool. Why didn't he take her and become her like surrogate father? And it fills a void in his life that he's got a, a, a child now back and it fills a void in her life. It's like a perfect setup. And they, and they, they didn't even touch it. They Who left cares? It out there. They were like, because an otherwise seems, perfect movie. That could have been. <laughs> Steven Spielberg was like, movie over. <laughs> we got there. We said, oh, does he eat the eyeball? No, I wish it was like it was the Halloween thing where it's like these are brains <laughs> and it actually is his eyeballs. <laughs> Peter Stormare, the rascal, left a bunch of peeled grapes there for him. <laughs> yeah, oh no, so they, I think they do do. Oh yeah, 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 they do. A the funny rotten. Thing. They set it all up, my man. Oh god, <laughs> this movie is fucking this- stupid. <laughs> They're like, oh, is he going to drink the gross drink? No. Oh, but he does drink, eat the gross sandwich. No, he drinks the gross drink, too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Green <Ooh>. milk. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. We got it the first time. <laughs> oh, I ate my eyeballs. <laughs> Just turned into a weird. This is a real slapstick comedy. Turned into a weird American Pie gross out movie for a second. Only on Fox. Cop still exists. Ooh, actually, we have the subtitles on. I didn't know that that was the the, the lyrics to Cops after watching probably 150 episodes. What was it? I already forgot it. <laughs> Nobody gonna give you no break? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah. the whole point of it. You're not gonna get a break. So. They're gonna come for you. I never even thought to... to I, I obviously knew the bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do. I didn't know the, the in-between parts. Oh, he's fucked up on the drug. <laughs> Which is kind of stupid because it's like, I never see Tom Cruise doing that. When he, uh, That's the other thing. Is it's like, why do you even have Tom Cruise do the drug if he does it one time and then it never comes back? He just did. He did it. They gave, they gave him, uh, Peter Stormer gave him one and he did it just ju- just then. Okay. So he does yeah. it twice? He, do- he did it twice. It's not like he's withdrawing in any way. No, it, do- it just certainly doesn't. Doesn't it seems like the, the perfect plot. drug to me, but that's just a that's just a Steven Spielberg. Uh, he's like, this is how we're gonna do character development here, right? Oh, here's, the main here's the, the main tenets of movies: character development, product placement. <laughs> Got them both that's covered. Set piece. Uh, also, so this is, this movie also neither Tom Cruise nor Steven Spielberg took a, I love this thing where the up, the up, yeah. the overhead shot. Very uh-huh. cool. I think he does this again in War of the Worlds where it's a different type of spider robot coming to get Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also funny that I just realized that, that like he has a, basically the same exact scene in War of the Worlds. He was like, that was good in Minority Report. Let's, let's bring it, it dude, bring it back. Wind it back. <laughs> This is also like fairly, fairly racy for a Steven Spielberg movie. What? Two people full on humping? Yeah. That's not, that's not usually in his, this is a PG-13. In his oeuvre. 
Oh, scan. Right back to it. So, yeah, so I guess this is the thing in the future you're used to little spiders coming and scanning you. If you live in the if you live in the future flop house. Yeah. You're like, oh boy, oh brother. <laughs> You gonna drink some more water? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take my eyeballs with me. I forget what does he do. He he opens his eyes. He but, oh he tries to go in the bathtub with ice so that they won't find his body heat. Oh right! But they do, and he and he 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 opens his eyes and he makes it makes it makes you known that he's feeling the pain of it though. Rats. Oh, very cool, because it's like, these are the other rats. Get ready for some world-class acting right here. Do you think they use a real ice bath? <laughs> yeah, certainly. He's, he's, he's way, like, I'm, I'm method. He's way method. <laughs> he's <laughs> <way> method. <laughs> it's like fucking Daniel Day-Lewis, one for yeah. the one where he has the weird foot. I'm in, in, the, I'm in, in this fucking ice bath. <laughs> So, like, we haven't even gotten to the part where he kidnaps the precog. Oh, no. This movie is very long. Is it? Yeah, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. When did that become a thing? Because, like, I remember movies not being two hours long when I was growing up. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, well, I don't know. I mean, there was a time when movies were, like, generally three hours long you know, false like when like back like like in the, all right uh, all right cinema studies when <laughs> like way way back but you they they also were just full of full of uh garbage scenes that meant nothing right that that, that were there was needlessly long right where it's like breakfast at tiffany's are like well we need the racist caricature in here right? yeah exactly So where would you rate this in terms of a Steven Sp- your Steven- favorite Steven Spielberg's the double S? Oh god. I mean it took me Oh he does. Oh no. You're too early, my man. So the ice bath didn't even work at all. No, it didn't. Oh he acting. is acting acting World his class. ass off. They're like, just some guy in an ice bath for no reason. <laughs> uh, how does it rank on my favorite Steve, uh, uh, Steven Spielberg movies or Tom yeah. Cruise movies? Steven Spielberg Steven first. Spielberg movies. Um, this is even my favorite Tom Cruise, Steven Spielberg movie. So War of the Worlds. <laughs> there's so many. I, I, I rank this higher than War, War of the Worlds. False. There's so, so many Steven Spielberg movies. It's, it's sure. impossible to. Uh, I mean, there's so many. There's classics that you, that were super important to me yeah i would say like even during this like empire of the sun <laughs> i've definitely seen that know all about it there's an empire sunny sunny that's a yeah um no uh i mean was steven spielberg he, in world war ii or does he just really like it he just loves it okay he's a big fan um it's uh i mean et 
um, Indiana Jones. Um, it's, I mean, you can have a little conversation about what the best Indiana Jones is. Sure, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. You're the only one that agrees with me. Uh, so you many think, people. You thought I was about to argue with you. No, because. no, because I think it's people our age agree that it's Temple of Doom. Yeah. No, I always people always fight me on Temple of Doom. Who do the way they say Ra- Raiders? Raiders. Yeah, they say Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's using it. Ooh. Temple of Doom is so is so. Oh, uh, I love this. This is pretty cool though. Yeah. He's like a weird old guy. I love how yeah. now I love that now that probably now caught, nobody nobody will look at you. I love how that probably caught like to do that to do that where it turned him into an old man probably costs a quarter of a million dollars and yeah. it's just like a Snapchat filter like. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want to be suspicious, uh, use this. It'll make your face look all wrinkly and weird. You look like, <laughs> yeah, you blend you look right like in. a cartoon old man. <laughs> <laughs> blend right in with all the other people that look <laughs> look like that. Uh, but do you have to brush somebody's teeth if they don't eat? She eats. She eats. I, 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 to be honest, I don't know. I just figured we were. T- do you think she's? Like, do you think she's dumping out in that pool? Feeding tube deal. <laughs> you get those eyeballs. This is you just break into one of these fucking slapstick comedy yeah, pieces. Like oh hunt. no! It looks like mouse hunt. <laughs> oh, he caught it. Yeah, man, this is very funny. Where Steven Spielberg is like, you know, hard sci-fi film noir, right. <laughs> and like no one questioned him on doing these goofy things. Right? How did nobody also think to consider that, like? And maybe they would have revoked his access if they found out he was a murderer. He could still he yeah. just use his eyeball to walk right into. Yeah, this. considering any company you work for, twenty five minutes after you get after you get let go, they delete your email account. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you didn't kill anybody. Nope. What happened to your face, bro? It can't be you. You look like a cartoon old man. <laughs> Uh, Colin Farrell doing great hand acting. I need to take out take off his jacket to get deep. Oh in look, it's Tom Cruise as an old man. Oh no, it's Agatha. <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Samantha Martin. <laughs> I I just oh, I had just seen it. <laughs> it was on the top of my mind. So, Tom, so Steven Spielberg says, so neither of them took, a, uh, they just took back end points for making this movie. Right. And Steven Spielberg said, when he asked Tom Cruise to do this, which, is this true? In 2002, he was like, I don't make movies with famous people. No. That's not true. Think about it. <sighs> I'm going to, I'm not going to do better than think about it. I'm going to look at it. He does, he's like, I don't make movies with movie stars. All right, we're gonna look around that time. Before, obviously, because then he was like, and then he was like, you know what? This is a hit. Now okay. I'm only making movies. Let's with start movie with stars. <laughs> okay, this is about to be so wrong. Let's start in what? I, it's not as wrong. That's what he said. You're, you're saying he's wrong. Yeah, 1998. 
Saving Private Ryan. Literally full of movie stars. Good mm. <laughs> back to okay. the guild with well, movie no, stars. Because he said he was like, and I gave the same deal to Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Okay. AI, artificial intelligence, with Jude Law and uh Not famous, neither of them are famous. <laughs> They're not famous? Neither Jude of Law them are movie stars. I think Jude Law might be a movie star. Uh-uh. Um Immediately following, catch him if you can. With maybe no, the biggest This is before. This is before. So I gotta go further back? I mean, you would have thought he was still stuck to the policy if the policy worked, right? No. Um, Amistad? No. Morgan one. Freeman? Not a movie star. Matthew, Matthew McConaughey? Morgan Freeman and Matthew McConaughey are not movie stars. No. I, I, who was who a movie star to you? Only... In 1998, George Clooney. Only George Clooney, Brad Pitt, and Tom Cruise. Only yes. movie stars. Yes. That's it. Okay. All, those three. Well, he, he didn't make any movies with those guys. Yeah, I know. And I'm just looking at directing. We're not talking about... We're not talking about... Sure. Uh, producing, correct? Yeah. Whatever. So before that, um, I mean, fair Jurassic Park, not chock full of movie stars. Jeff Goldblum, you got your Jeff Goldblum. He Who's makes stars. He doesn't, he doesn't use them. Jeff Goldblum was a star. The Fly? Oh, Jeff Goldblum yeah. was a star starting oh, with the yeah. Fly. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite movie star, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> He's, I, I, you, you have a, you have a rough, you have a rough, uh, definition for movie star. Also, I'm just going by what he says. I'm, I'm just putting, I'm, I'm putting his feet to the fire on this. You are right, though. Jeff Goldblum had not done a ton before Jurassic Park. Oh, he's Mr. Yakimoto. Welcome to the gap of the future. It's kind of the same. I always love this trope, by the way, in movies, and then also they do it in um, they do it in Ready Player One, my least favorite book. <laughs> The thing where it's like I'm on the run from the run from the law, and I'm going to show up at a at a department store and buy a whole new set of clothes. You know that, right, yeah, yeah. If I like, if I was in a department store, let alone working at a department store, and some, I would be like, that motherfucker's running from the raw law, calling <laughs> the cops. He's bleeding. Yeah, I was like, why crazy was, why old man? You face? got shoes on. <laughs> Right. He's like, oh, these are, <laughs> and then these are like, great track and pants. He's like, I'm wearing it out. Like, what? No, you need to wear clothes to that. You, you put them in a bag. Like, uh, we should have been counting brands. There are oh, so God, many. There are so many. I like, it's unbelievable. But yeah, that's like crazy to me. Like, even if I was in the gap buying something and I saw that happen, I'd be like, dude, if you see something, say something. <laughs> Ugh, I forgot oh, this I whole this, thing. this thing. Yeah. So these are just like virtual reality experiences you yeah. can you can do. I like that Tom Cruise in every single movie he makes, or like in a lot of the movies he makes, he's like, "What if I had a weird fucked up face for a little bit?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's the bravest thing you can do if you're Tom <laughs> yeah, he's Cruise. Like, what if I was ugly? Not for the whole thing, <laughs> just for a little <laughs> bit, like five just so, minutes. Yeah, just so people can compare <laughs> you know, in like, the same movie. Like, what if I was old and had a big old mustache? <laughs> I want to kill my boss. That's tight. That guy's cool. We should be watching his show with like his story more. <laughs> I also hate this thing in movies where it's like, I'm the gross guy. Yeah. 
<laughs> Shameless. Let's do it. I run a futuristic porno theater, so I'm gross. It's, just, it's basically just like every Jason Manzucas character. Ever. Yeah, like if this was 20, <laughs> yeah, it would, he would be like, give me the guy from the league. <laughs> what, bro? That's a precog? So they're like famous, huh? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So much comic relief. So much comic relief. Way it's, more comic relief than I remember. It's, it's funny because it's like now, like when you watch, like pretty much like any big budget movie, it's like a big budget movie. You really hammer home these things too. Like, let's just, just make. This guy hit this joke four times already. Yeah, it's like in case you didn't know, it's like yeah, yeah. like that's the funny part of yeah. it. But it's like if you watch movies now, it's like it's that goddamn Josh Whedon. Um, it's like you now like any big budget movie, it's like CGI scene, people being funny, exposition. That's it. End of movie. <laughs> four hours of that. Right. <laughs> and people are like, give it. But even that exposition was really weak. He said, he said, uh, hey, Rufus, help me out. And Rufus was like, okay, I'll, yes, but I get to keep all the images that come from her mind. And then Anderton says, no, those don't belong to anybody. And Rufus says, all right, take her to Radio Shack then. And then he says, Rufus, you got to help me. And then hard cut him helping her. Mm. Did not, there was, there was, there was. Master of persuasion. Definitely cut out some yeah. some moments from that scene. You drive a hard bargain by just asking me to do the same thing. Same thing again. My trackball. Wait, is he recording onto little wooden spears too? Or is that literally a trackball? No, that was a trackball. Oh, I thought it was like that. In the future, we record everything onto wooden spheres. In the beginning, you saw them getting, they like sanded them, but they were very polished by the time they came out. They, they had some sort of varnish on it, but they were, they were being sanded out of the wood. <laughs> future varnish. That, that was one, the one, the one word working, uh, futurist contribution is like in the future, varnish will dry instantly. <laughs> I'm glad we brought you, Sean. Glad we brought you. <laughs> there it is. That's smart. <laughs> He's like, honey, I'm just going to talk about woodworking. I get a weekend at the like, holiday. Yeah, he comes out. He's like, honey, I, got, I wish I could tell you I signed an NDA. Like, but there, there are people real talking about real stuff. Yeah. And listen, there's a part of this movie, all your boy here. <laughs> I influence it big time. So when is this the third act now? Like, where are we in this movie? Or is this like the weird film noir thing where it's just like no. stuff happens? I don't know. For the third act, you're so a little a little personal history about you. You went to cinema study. You were a cinema studies major. Yes. Dropped out. <laughs> yeah, I finished at some point. I did finish. Just took some time off. I just took a little. Did you end up graduating? You know, did if you, you end up graduating with a degree in cinema studies? If you were a if you were a cinema studies major, you know. That sometimes in old movies there was an intermission. That's what I took in my college education. That's how much I love film. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm finished with a minor in cinema studies, a major in TV and radio. 
Okay. Yeah. So, oh, here comes. See that? I like uh, uh, another classic storytelling um, storytelling device. The old red herring. Right. Yeah. Is this a red herring? Right. I don't even know. It turns out that yes, I don't know. But is this? I, I don't remember if this is a red herring or not. Is this the? This the, is the fake. So, uh, what's his name? What's his no? What's his name? Crow, the one that John Anderton kills. Yeah, that is a red herring, kind of, but not really. Okay, I suppose, look at it. This is what he's dreaming this of. Everyone, dreaming everyone, happy for him. <laughs> that, that is deeply, de- deeply oh depressing. Boy. Oh man, Samantha Morton. We get like this whole thing where she's like, I don't know how to walk. She plays it super hard. Yeah, yet. you're really making a meal out of that whole thing. <laughs> So she can do it even if she doesn't have the thing. Yeah, the thing just reads them, I think. The thing just just takes them out of her head and puts them on the screen. And that's not something like you when you talk about the tech things, you can't talk about yeah, we're we're only about 30 years away from mutants happening. Uh, yeah, so it's like it's actually funny. So it's like uh so I I was having a conversation with a guy at work and he was talking about like technology cuz like I I like there's this there's this idea of the great obsolescence or like the fact that like we're not really are in terms of technology we're not really progressing. Like we're just making like flat screen TVs and like we're just making kind of different versions of the same technology. Right. Like and and so, like, there is that idea where it's like kind of nothing, nothing really has been invented in the past like 80 years or 100 years. It's all basically the same shit. And he was talking about how, like, in India in the 90s, it was like incredibly hard to get a phone line. Mm-hmm. Like, to get a, to get a phone in your house. Okay. Like, you'd take like a year and you had to like know somebody because they just didn't have the infrastructure to like, it wasn't like us where it's just like you just run a line from the street. Right. And so it was like a really big problem. And then all of a sudden it was not a problem anymore because cell phones existed. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like leapfrogging a technology. Right. Okay. And so it's kind of that thing where it's like in terms of like these, the future technology, it's like people can't, like futurists can't really think. The only thing they can think of is like a kind of, better version evolution of the of the, the thing, thing yeah, yeah where it's like a car but you don't drive it or like i don't know a, right. a, a magazine but the cover moves right and not what the next thing is or it's like yeah it's not yeah. like it's not like a completely different change of the basic human need of the thing and so it's like kind of like the only thing that is like an actually an actually like true new technology is the thing that philip k dick thought of in the 50s right. or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Yeah, but also if they could come up with what the new technology is, and not what the evolution of the old technology is, they would they would be they wouldn't be fucking futurists. They'd be adventors. If you True. knew what the next thing was, True. Yeah. you would just do it. Yeah, yeah. Also, also, your job is probably not very critical when you can go and hang out for four days with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> Talk about a movie that's and like sketch stuff, and then like and then that like yeah, where IBM's like I don't know, go. I don't care. Why do you even work here? Why do you even work here, Chingy? Oh, it was the thing. <laughs> Why? 
it was like obviously an apartment building and you could see out the window. I feel like why would, why would there be a man? And also like, I don't know. I like, I, I don't claim to have seen every advertisement ever, but living in an urban area, like I see there's like 50 advertisements and I see them all. Like I would probably be like, Oh, that's the thing. Like that's the fucking, right. <laughs> that's the fucking billions advertisement. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's I know that's Paul that, Giamatti. That's the M&M's one. Cause it's a, it's a giant M&M looking at the window. <laughs> There's an Eminem man standing outside. Colin Farrell pinching and pulling on a giant Eminem face. <laughs> Who is it? Who is it? Find where this Eminem man lives. He's blue. He's the. He's, he's, this is gonna. We're gonna crack the thing wide open once we find out who this red faced man is. <laughs> what were her influences in figuring out this performance? Uh, like what? Yeah, like what were her? Yeah, what? Is, what was her research? Yeah, like how octopuses walk on the ocean floor. <laughs> yeah, <she's> like, <laughs> what does it look like when a baby horse is born? <laughs> right. She's. I know she's been in a pool for a long time, but she's still a person. This is we're definitely in the third act here. This is yeah. This, this is, is where he kills Mike Binder, which is a very weird choice to have this guy be Mike Binder. Does he kill him? Uh, we're about to find out. But he, there's like it's a, like a really weird thing. But he he ends up dead by the end. Because the whole thing is like he should he doesn't know if he can kill him or not. Oh, I do know. I remember. He's. They set him up so it looked like this guy killed, captured his son, and he finds out. Another spoiler. That he he didn't, but they 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 made this guy do it, and they said if you do it and you let this guy kill you, we'll take care of your family forever. Forever, yep, yeah. And he's like, just do it, man. Yeah, and then maybe he kills himself. He squeezed like John Anderson is holding the gun at him, and he squeezes the trigger. Oh, so then it's a whole nother. It's whole, it's a it's a whole different. Uh, oh, uh, look what! Uh, Ooh, it's a whole different philosophical conversation. Did he kill him? Sure, like if he was never there, that guy would still be alive. Right. It is weird that it's Mike Binder, star of that weird show on HBO. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, do me a favor, just come with me while I kill this guy. Yeah, very obviously telling me not to kill him. She does not want to be there. Where do you think this was filmed? This looks like China, kind of. I'm going to say Toronto. Probably. Or maybe it was DC. I don't know. I feel like they could afford they could afford yeah, to maybe. film on location. It's so expensive in DC. Closed, just as I suspected. <laughs> so this movie is another great movie where it's um, where I say on this podcast a lot that people like only like to watch um tom cruise be out of his depth mm-hmm. and flailing a little bit sure. and this is like a whole movie of him flailing. that's true but it's not yeah. very fun no it's not like cocktail where he's like throwing drinks on the ground and stuff <laughs> or like right. fucking fucking 
Days of Thunder where he's like getting. I was cracked. gonna say, is he out of his depth at the beginning of Days of Thunder or during all of Days of Thunder? Oh, he's, he's not out of depth in Top Gun. He's the best in Top Gun. Yeah, and people head. did love that, but yeah. I think they just thought it was ha- he was handsome. So I think For he sure. <laughs> like <laughs> rewatch that movie is nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like he's like they don't let um. And like that's kind of the thing in like every Mission Impossible, he's like, "Yep, at the top of my game, something bad happens. I don't know what's going on now. Like oh, now I'm now like something's going wrong, and I'm hanging off the side of a building." They made his eyes look different for all of, for the, the whole rest of the movie. He must have been wearing some crazy contacts. Yeah. Um, that is kind of weird. Yeah. They covered up his baby blues. Yeah. You think they just digitally did it? <laughs> it's so expensive compared to contacts that make your eyes brown. That so wasn't that, uh, yeah. That wasn't in the. Uh, that Unless wasn't they in, forgot to make him wear. That wasn't in the IMDb trivia. And actually, I don't <laughs> even know if he has blue eyes. That's a very great little thing. Yeah. I wonder if he. You know. You eyes. know what. You know what child murderers like to do every time they uh, they go to a new uh, hotel room is lay out photos of all their victims on on the bed. It's the first thing you do. Yeah, you're like, oh, let me take a, let me take a peek at what I've done. Oh yeah, he well he has like light eyes for sure. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Just like you know when you when you check into a hotel and you and you and you you know figure out where everything is, child murders lay out all of their all of their victims. Yeah, uh, it was uh, me and Danielle uh, recently went on vacation, and I did something that you were the first person my age, and as a matter of fact, I think it was the first person I've ever seen do this when they go and they travel. Okay. You go into the hotel room, you take your clothes out of the bag, and you put it away into the dressers. <laughs> it depends. It depends on how on 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 the length of stay. But and I was and I remember the first time I ever saw you do that, and I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck are you doing?" Uh, no, in the you bag. just take it. You just take it out of your bag as you need it, and then you like throw it on the ground. <laughs> what are you? T- I will say, since I've had a kid, I'd never take the the clothes out anymore. <laughs> I, I do that exactly. Because I was like, because I was like, I saw it, and I was like, I don't even think when like I travel with my parents, I saw them do that. <laughs> if I was going for one or two days, I, I would not. Is this? <laughs> they get all wrinkled <laughs> using, in the bag. Using the complimentary <laughs> furnishings. So I, I once I went on a trip with uh with uh it was very awkward with my boss, and we had to share a room uh for work. Oh my god, I would that never. I would I would quit. I was very young. <laughs> I'd be like, just fire me, man. But, but he was a cool guy. He was an Englishman. I was, I was, I was, we were, we were, we were, we were pals. It wasn't terrible, but we got to the hotel room. I took out my clothes and put them away. He took out his clothes and, and also put them away. Oh, is that a, is that then, a power struggle? Well, then he, then he fucking went up me and he ironed his t-shirt before he went out. <laughs> That's insane. Was he, was he in Jersey short? <laughs> That's nuts. I know. I was, I was surprised. Um, I, that's crazy. I know many people I know have had to do that for work when they travel. Stay, stay with somebody that they're uh... in the same room. Yeah, I wouldn't even stay in the same room. Like I was actually talking with my brother about this. Um, what, like many many years ago, we went to Las Vegas, and we went to Las Vegas, and we and it was me, Jim, and Ryan. So there's three of us, and we stay and we stayed. It was like four nights or something. And we stayed in a hotel and we stayed in one hotel room. And so there was like two twin beds and I like stayed on a cot and like we were all three of us were in this room together. But it was like Las Vegas. I was at the stratosphere and it was like $25 a night. 
and I was like, why didn't we just get two rooms? Why didn't we get three rooms? And he was like, yeah, I don't know. It was like a very, like, <laughs> it was because it was like a very weird time in our lives where it was like we were making adult people money. Yeah. But it was like we were still young enough where we didn't understand the concept of spending adults. It was like 23 where you're like, oh, no, when you travel, you spend as little amount of money as possible. Yeah. And you make yourself not comfortable the whole time. <laughs> yeah. No, you're conditioned for it. Did you end up hanging out with some model that, that trip? Yes. That yeah, was it was weird. the Sports Illustrated swimsuit uh, release party. <laughs> which was another cla- – like, I was talking about that with Jim, which is another classic Matt Petricone, who's a classic – man that can swindle anything so he did like won a contest where he got to like it was like for like lg cameras oh okay so like he shot like lg camera ads on the like it was like you won and you got to shoot like L- um you got to go to like a sports illustrated photo shoot uh-huh. and like you shot it with like an lg camera okay and then they like used the ads so it was like okay. anybody can take these photos like even like this random person with an L- and, like they still look good sure that was like the concept of it. I don't even think they ended up even using them, but it was like you and your friend get to, and then your friend, you and your friend get to go to like the, um, the like release party in Las Vegas. Yeah. And he like managed to swindle to be like, let me get like a plus four. <laughs> this is <a> shameless. <laughs> like, it wasn't even like he asked one extra person. He asked like, there was like five of us that went like, like so many. Let me bring all my friends. <laughs> let me get like a plus four, five. Did they? They didn't pay for you. They just they just let you into the thing. Yeah, they're, they're like yeah, okay. they like let us go and they like gave us like they like they let us do all the stuff. But yeah, it's crazy. It's like that's like hey, you can... guys know me. I'm the guy that won that contest. Yeah, let me yeah, get five know, people like, in here. Yeah, you know me, Matt Petricone. I'm the guy. That, yeah, I won one of the sponsors' contests. Yeah, so crazy. What kind of person's like that? Oh yeah, see there we go. He shoots him, but he didn't really shoot him. Right? Did he? Did he kill him or did he not? That was her first time ever seeing death besides in her mind. I feel like once you once you realize that this man has been been put up to this, just put the gun away. Yeah, Don't leave it could, out. That could be yeah, or you know, leave. <laughs> yeah, right? It's over. I get he was trying to get he was trying to get out of him who did this. But like put the gun away. Oh, you just had the same thought I did. What? Why if you were a child killer, why would you put all these photos <laughs> out on the bed? <laughs> is Colin Farrell said that? Yeah. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> I guess zero. Zero orgies. It's like two. Yeah. Two, which is not very many. <laughs> but like a, in through a lot of cases. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively. Oh, uh, yeah. So you see Colin Farrell knows what's up. Yeah. And then the other thing is in like 2054, like to see a photograph and be like, this is all the evidence I need. Like, I don't even trust the photograph in 2018. All that shit's doctored. <laughs> right. It's photoshopped. Yep. How could he? How could he have gotten a photo of my child and put it on a put it on a, <laughs> put phys- it on a bed. put it on a piece of paper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this does look exactly like the photos I posted on I posted on Instagram Live with just his face superimposed <laughs> over mine. But it's got to be it real. Is, it was a murder. What other evidence do you need? This is a literal orgy of it. a gun for shooting people i don't i i i have to be um 
updated on like why why he did this. <laughs> I just know the circumstance of of what he did. So why, that's why did the, he do that's this? the thing that is. Um, re- I know why he killed this woman. He killed this woman to so get that, the precog. To get the precog. Yeah. Why did he frame John? Why did he try to frame John? It's complicated. <laughs> so it was um they don't really say why. I'm sure they do and I'm it's sure I guess, why do we need why do we need a why? It was just cool how he did it. Look at the Perfect. surface, watch the ripples. Dude, Colin Farrell is on top of this shit. Yeah. Do you get that? Do you get that turn here? Do you get that moment where he's like, where where the bad guy just admits it? Where he's like, you had to keep looking. And, you just yeah, had Colin, to keep looking. I think Colin Farrell's like something's missing. He's like, well, and just shoots him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, right. There was a missing data stream. So he was asking about a missing data stream. Okay, that's why. He was getting too close to the truth. Okay. Get it. Because he was asking about the missing data stream or something because of his kid. But it was like the, the missing data stream is because of this guy killing this other guy. Also, another thing is like you're the head of all of this shit and then you're the one doing the killing. Right. I guess maybe, man. No loose ends that way. Yeah. I mean, I, and like if you hired somebody, they'd probably see that. You had to be, you had to do it yourself. You had to only do. You'd only have the intention yourself. And mm. it's, t- it's crazy. And this movie is watertight. Yeah. <laughs> Just the only thing we're missing is why it all happened. <laughs> he was looking for the missing He knew data too stream. much. I got it. He knew too much. <laughs> he didn't know too much yet, but he was going to. He was going to. Yeah. I like how it's like they're like Carl, Colin Farrell is a great detective and also a very bad one where he's just telling who would obviously be like the prime suspect. Because <laughs> <Right. laughs> this is interesting. Because it's like, and then so you've done no like, so you know who this Anna Lively person is, and like you have no. Oh, this is this is the turn, by the way. gun <laughs> that's great acting too oh his like you son of a bitch yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch it was you the whole time oh, I like that he's still using that same car he stole <laughs> and another thing where it's like for the past 10 years you've been able to like lock down a car and make it completely unusable yeah <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't see that coming. Great car though. You got it right. How could we make a completely electric car that drives electronically? How could we make it stop working? And how could we not know where it is? <laughs> you got it right off the production line. I'm sure that was the way they explained that away too. Or like it's straight off production, man. No one knows. Right. We had we didn't have a chance to update its firmware. 
This is machine tried to put it in, and Tom Cruise punched it away. So. <laughs> that was that was like that was like one of the quick cutaway gag shots of that. Like they put like the chip into like a fucking cheeseburger. <laughs> I have a like I have a rule where I don't. I try not to get too worked up about any plot holes in movies that can be explained away with one line. Sure. Like, but this is a movie literally about like future technology. And it feels like they're ignoring a lot of what would obviously be future technology. Well, cause well, you have to keep it. it this was, this was starting to get made in like the late nineties. Like a lot of the stuff that we're just like, Oh, everyone knows where you are all the time. And that's just the thing. Mm-hmm. That was unimaginable. Unimaginable yeah. back then. Like, even the concept of, like, kind of GPS was kind of not even really a thing until, like, the mid-2000s. Yeah. <laughs> and and even then, it was, like, t- the little TomTom, uh, you know, you had to buy a GPS. Yes. You didn't have it on your phone. It was, like, yeah. a standalone yeah. thing. Which I guess the futurists couldn't, under- couldn't understand the concept of a time when that was just built within the car. <laughs> right. So now this bunny comes up. Oh, and that's his wife. Who we don't really get much of a a backstory on and kind of she doesn't need to exist. Uh yes. Laura. Because it's like, why couldn't he just have no wife? Why, um, couldn't, why couldn't they be happily divorced? Yeah. I don't you're right. They don't. They don't go very deep on her. It's like, oh no, oh he figured it all out too. I wish you and I wish he was just like those eyes are just so distracting to talk to you. <laughs> You'd all of a sudden. <laughs> it's just like I know it's just like a slightly different color, but it is very, very unsettling. <laughs> you look like a man I used to know. Mr. Yakamoto. <laughs> you have his eyes. <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, but some, somebody told me the other day that your that your eyeballs don't grow from when you're born to when you're an adult. <laughs> what? Your eyeballs That's are the same size the entire time. <laughs> what? That can't be true. I, I, I didn't look at it. I didn't do any of my own research, but that's what somebody told me. That's why babies look like they have big eyes. I, I, it, it, it checked out for me. Does your brain grow? It's yeah, lost. your brain, your brain definitely grows. What does any animal like come born like and stays the same size? No, I don't think so. There's got to be something. Because then, how would you have? offspring that were the same size as you. Because <laughs> if you stay the same size, you True. need to have a baby. Well, no eggs. All right, well, then you... Or the, you, you the egg grew. You come in, you, but you came out of the egg the same size? 
Yeah. So the egg would need to be your size. I, I bet you fish or something like that because they grow within the, a water substrate, a watery substrate. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I don't know. That <laughs> I don't know. Pan I don't know. Out, but. <laughs> it's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> I, it's not Upon further fact, investigation. I think the answer is a decisive no. <laughs> I would feel comfortable saying no to that one. <laughs> Oh, God. And then there's this whole... Because now he's just like... Now he still has no closure. What happened to his kid? This movie should have been over 20 minutes ago. All movies should have been over 20 minutes ago. No movie <laughs> deserves to be long. That's like the thing with... It's like even like... like what it, That's why I like watching um, TV shows on Netflix. Because they don't have the commercials. So it's like even shorter. It's like 22 minutes an episode. That's all I can deal with now. Who killed her? (gasps) Samantha Morton's really doing a whole lot of work here. Yeah. Sure is. Another scene. Oh, no. It's always Fletch. Yeah, no. Right at the front of this. No days off, man. Good try there. They're like, we, we were your friends before, but you fucking made a fool of us in that alley. <laughs> you know how much they charged me to fix that jetpack? <laughs> puked all over the place. It was disgusting. Everyone is making fun of me for it. I'm taking you in. You no, Throw up on my partner. <laughs> no more of us being nice to you. We're mad now. Uh. He's like, Danny Winter? No. <laughs> So the so the the thing is they're saying movie is over here. Right. This is this is now he's everything after this is what is what he's imagining. Which no. is definitely not the case. Is well, I mean, it could be. That's the beauty of art. It's anything you want it to be. It's not though. It's what I I I that, sure, but I would imagine that Spielberg, Spielberg's intentions were not that this is a multi-layered uh where all of a sudden now we've we're losing um see like so this is still real this is still real real, right and (laughs) fake now everything now we're now we're in the dream sequence just like vanilla sky he's number 11 or 9 was 11 or 9 the room that he no it was it was wasn't not the six and they flipped no. over no I like that I like that in the future we wear silly ties <laughs> bow ties bow ties came back in a big way how does he come out of this even in his dream this is not guess, the dream I guess we're about to find out oh this is the dream yeah, yeah. so we're in the dream right now. So just like Vanilla Sky, hard break. 
Right. That's why they have Cameron Crowe in it. <laughs> it's a callback to the movie they just made. Oh, okay. Maybe he did mean this. Maybe this was this it's was so the, the subtle. Plan. So subtle. <laughs> Also, why would why would anybody be dreaming about? Why would we be seeing someone's dream that they're not in? Like, why right. would why would you be dreaming the B story? Well, he's he's dreaming the narrative. He's that's not how. That's not how dream. I don't know about you. I've had a lot of dreams. That's never how it works. <laughs> you don't see. You don't, I don't see it. I'm like, you don't get all establishing scenes. Yeah, I don't know what, you. yeah, like I'm not dreaming and finding out what Jesse's doing at work. <laughs> There is blood on your hands. Ah, oh. cinema studies, man. Where man, were you with symbolism. that? <laughs> You're right. Nailed it. <laughs> Who is that? Who? That woman. That's his wife. What is she doing there? She. They're. They're. They're bros. He was the one that called her. He's like I'm worried. He he, he would pl- he was playing her. He was playing her both ways. He's like I'm worried about John. To call me when he gets there. And she did. Yeah, yeah. That's how that's how they got him. She only did it because she was worried about him. She loves him. But now and now she. So now, how did they turn Minority Report, this movie, into a whole TV series that ran for a solid eight episodes? Now I want to. I need to look into this because they, they did. Did they? Ha- they didn't have someone playing John Anderton, did they? No, because I it believe just existed in this world. I believe it's a continuation. Okay, and then uh, I'm sure they like bring it up. They're like that old John Anderton. Oh, yeah. We all yeah. know the story of John yeah, Anderton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may watch out. Don't try any funny. <laughs> You're gonna get John Anderton if you uh... don't try any funny stuff. Which I like. Another TV show that did that was uh, the stupid li- Limitless TV show. Did you watch the Limitless TV show? No, I didn't, but I know for a fact Bradley right. Cooper like shows up in it. Oh, one really? Time. <laughs> yeah. Let's do. Let's do a quick look into the television series. What did you say her name was? Uh oh. So now she knows. Now literally everybody knows. Where, where did he slip up? What did he say? This is annoying. What? My barber who left and moved away, and I found a phenomenal barber. A phenomenal new barber? Yeah. Now he's like, hey, I'm back. Ooh. No. Did you tell him? Yeah. Did you tell him? No. No, he sent a mass <laughs> text. I'm going to text back. Oh, it's like, a mass yeah. text. Okay, fair enough. Synopsis. Ooh, there's a, there's a dude precog. In here, there's a dude precog in this one. There are two of them. Oh, really? Yeah. The, the other ones are guys. Yeah. Who oh, really get, like, Who really get the shaft in this movie? You don't really know much about them, right? But there is an Agatha, who's, who's Samantha Morton gets replaced by another actress. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is John Anderson in it? No. No. Not that I see. But like this movie ends with the thing not happening anymore. There's no more precogs. Right. We kind of, it kind of sounds like though that they, 
Oh, the guy that returns is Wally. He's the the stereotypical the caretaker guy. Hawaiian shirt. It's the oh, one that it's actually him. showed up yeah, in the. Yeah. Of course, it's him. <laughs> it's like I don't got anything else going on. There's also one of the main characters' name is Lara, who's the name of his wife in this, but it's not that Lara. It's very confusing. Do they say that not to be confused with Laura Anderson? <laughs> they don't. Lara Vega. Oh, he gets a gun. And he's like, ah. So it sounds like they don't, from what I'm reading here, it sounds like they don't, um, the precogs don't live in a milk bath. Oh, so they're out of there. They just live in the world and they predict crimes and tell people what's happening. Boring. Yeah. Ah, very cool. I hopefully he gets shot. Uh, like I think I think this is literally like a Chekhov's gun <laughs> right. scenario. Where they, <laughs> they show this dumb, the one holding dumb it up little, here. Little revolver. I, I have a feeling you're going to get smoked with that thing, buddy. <laughs> Hello, just need to put in my Bluetooth because those still exist fifty years from now. And it is very funny. So we did. Didn't talk about how he got out of this. What? How he got out of the? How he got out of the? You just called him. Oh, his, wife, his he, wife came in with a gun and was like, I "Oh, okay. I should I should not be reading about the TV series." And apparently, and apparently the, the easy, there's an easy way to get someone out of jail is to just walk. You can walk in and with a gun and. I don't know. Being a precog seems pretty chill. <laughs> so this is them just explaining it. Right. We got it. Oh, no. Where's John Anderton? Do you guys see a cop or a cartoon old man anywhere? <laughs> John, oh, they're playing it right on the thing. That's, oh, boy. I, I love it when movies do that. Yep. Shame you in front of everybody. <laughs> All your rich tuxedo wearing friends. Ah, uh, who's the goose now? <laughs> Look at that dead person. It's coming together for me now. So they stopped this murder, and then he just did it again exactly the same way. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, it's just an echo. It's not real. Somehow lured this woman out to the... Wearing the same thing... You lured her out here. To the same place where she almost got murdered. Also, what... 
was this before like the concept of precogs existed? Because like, what hitman would be like? <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. Job. I'll take this chance. You know I think I got it this time. <laughs> I'm just gonna not think about murdering. I know. Her. I know. No one's been murdered in the past <laughs> five years, but I, I feel like I can do it. What if I think really hard about not murdering her before I murder her? So to make it seem like an echo, he had to. She had to be wearing the same thing because it was like immediately afterwards. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This makes more. Where's sense. your daughter? Right in the water, idiot. Prepare to die. <laughs> Dope reversible overcoat. Very cool. so much literal pearl clutching (laughs) she fainted oh no oh boy this is the worst gala I've ever attended (laughs) not that creepy old man (laughs) yeah like what are they what are they fucking fainting over I just got his autograph (laughs) I gave him a revolver (laughs) Oh, I do see the irony now that we gave, him the, <laughs> we gave him a revolver and he's a murderer. This is the worst gala. <laughs> Spazzing out. <gasps> what does red ball mean? Oh, I don't, I don't I remember. Don't know, it. Or remember, did they say it? Oh, red ball means murder. Red varnish. Oh, I do remember the ending here. Actually, it's it's pretty cool. Uh oh! Someone hit him with a stick stick. <laughs> Was that the little revolver? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Huh? I thought they were in the kitchen. But here's the thing. This is this is what I remember. He like can't kill him because if he kills him, he'll be proving that it works. And if he doesn't kill him, he'll be proving he'll be there's some sort of like catch yeah, twenty two. There is a catch twenty two. Sort of but also, like, bro, like we just watched the video. You're already a murderer. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, it's over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sure. <laughs> okay, it's over anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, or also the other way. I'm a hundred years old. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I definitely killed that lady, and everyone knows it. Like. <laughs> The pre the pre crime unit is not the issue right now. Right. Yeah, I'm going away no matter what. Or don't kill him. 
Oh. See, this is the thing. But like so, like the whole concept of pre-crime and like the, like the the mechanic of that, they really don't go into it in this movie. Like mm-hmm. they just use it as a mechanic to just tell this like thriller and have like Tom Cruise run a bunch, right? Like the whole concept of determinism, yeah, yeah, and all that stuff. Like like they touch on it here. That's it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what does it mean, right? But yeah, throughout you don't you don't. But that's all you had to do for for a movie like of this magnitude. You just had to like flirt with the idea. Yeah, but it's like that's what's interesting. Like it's like oh, if like you know, there's like so much more to delve into there, but they don't do it at all, right? I don't believe that he made this in mind with with this whole thing being. A. No, he was like, I'm sick of making. There's s- no way. I'm sick of making sad movies about World <laughs> War Two and stuff. I want to make one that's exciting. That's my Steven Spielberg impression. It's really good. good. Yeah, it's great. Where's John Williams when it's I need him? Classic. Arizona my best friend. Accent. My best friend is George Lucas. Do you know he's from Arizona? Okay. <laughs> it's a weird place for a director to be from. I feel like Arizona is not. You're saying either the West Coast or New York City, or like, or like your 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 parents were living in Europe when they had you. I could see that. I guess Arizona is like pretty, Arizona, pretty boring. Yeah, that's why. That's why he loves. That's why he made Indiana Jones. Why? But he's from Arizona too. Oh, is he? No, I made that up. <laughs> uh, I do know that the dog's name is Indiana. Yeah. Funny, hilarious. Oh, look at them! They have hair now, and they're happy. That's so weird. And the movie's over. We all have hair, and we read books. But you don't know how to read. You've been in that tub. <laughs> You really did give this the, the Disney treatment at the end. So, like, so we're at the end here. Everything happy ending. Do you think this is the actual real ending? Yes. That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. I mean, who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he, he's, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. Directed by Steven Spielberg. The first one. If this glitched, like, one of their visions right there, then I'd be like, oh, Ooh. yeah. Or if Cameron Crowe came out again. If Cameron Crowe said, thanks for enjoying this movie. Don't think too hard about it. This is fake, the fake part. <laughs> so, this is the end of the movie. Produced by Jan DeMont. But not. Director of Speed. Um, so, yeah, what did you think? I I thought it was great. Still on board with this movie. Um, to the uh, technology was not where where I thought it may have been. Right. Um, I think in retrospect of watching this movie, still shocked it came out in 2002. Still shocked mm-hmm. uh, and was surprised at how... Uh, I remember seeing it and liking it, and I didn't like it that much. <laughs> and I thought it was less; and it was definitely less cool looking than I remember. It's definitely less cool looking, but you're always going to remember things cooler in your brain that you saw in high school and thought were cool. In high sure, school. yeah, sure. Um, I, th- I mean, I also think it's a solid script. They like 
it's not like like we said they're not getting that much from the books besides the the, the idea it's, yeah it's a and, short and the story. concept and it's a it's like a it's a pretty well put together story yeah it is it's it's fun and it's exciting mm-hmm. and it does interesting things yeah and i would say in terms of a tom cruise movie i don't i don't think my problem with it as a tom cruise movie is it didn't need to be tom cruise <laughs> right okay I was going to ask, how does this fit into the into the um, into the in uh, Tom Cruise canon? I yeah. like it's like a movie. This could have been anybody. Okay, didn't have to be Tom Cruise, right? But what about in like in his body of work? How does how does this how does this stand up? I would say it's one of his better. I would say it's middling. I would say it's middling in terms of his body of work. I think there's movies that are like, oh, you can't get enough of that Cruise in it. But like this one, it's like you don't even really remember Tom Cruise. Like, it's not. He's not. It could have been whoever. It could have been whoever. It didn't yeah. have to be Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of his movies, like a lot of like his sort of late period movies are like that. Like that fucking Oblivion movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, why does this need to be Tom Cruise? Yeah. It was like you produced it, and so you're like, I'm going to be in this too. Right. I but but does he bring something else to it? No, I don't think he brought much to this in terms okay. of him being Tom Cruise. I think he could have done any number of things. I, I don't think there was a lot of Tom Cruise in this. So, look how many assistants they have. God damn, that's crazy. My favorite section in these, knowing how loosely how film is, is the the daily section where there's like thirty people just working on dailies, which are literally just getting the stuff you shot that day put together in a package that a director can look at. Yes, like they have literally nothing to do. With any part of the creation of the movie, no, they're, yeah, besides they're, their job is to yeah make take it. the things and make them viewable. Yes, uh, it's and there's thirty of them. There's, there's more people than have that have worked on any project I've ever worked on. <laughs> right, there's more just people, doing the dailies. Yeah, there's this. more people. Yeah, there's more people doing that. In loving yeah. memory of Mac Daddy. Oh boy, I don't know who that is, but that is sorry to hear that. And he also in a weird spot. Yeah, like between the electricians and the and the. Yeah, and I, the you know what. I bet he was somebody who did that. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder if he died during the production. It's always weird to me a movie like people who die during the production. I feel like it's hard to get a shout out in the movie if you don't die during the production, in the credits. Yeah, but like, man, like if you're making a movie and someone fucking dies because you because of something you did, shut it down. Movie over. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, right, right. If you were if it caused you to die, but there's like, like fucking Dark Knight, not Heath Ledger, but another like a stuntman died. During, yeah. I would be like, "What are we doing? This is Batman." Like, but also at the same time, to see this, how many more, <laughs> how many more lives are we going to have to? But at the same time, down? look at how many people are involved. I think it's, I think it's remarkable that people don't die more. Sure, I there's, mean, yeah, there's thousands of people involved in this. Yeah, like people are dying all the time. <laughs> one is, one is fine. You're lucky. You're lucky. Yeah, if point, you point, people die. Point ten percent of your your production has died. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just be like, "What am I?" Yeah, like, what I. People need to see another Batman movie, <laughs> right? For for this man's life. Yeah, no. But also, if you're a stunt man, I feel like you you've accepted the you've accepted the you've decided oh. to live on the edge. There's a lot of in memories. Oh my god, there's another one. <laughs> that that guy. That's was, what I'm saying. That too, guy is... was a 3D animator. So there, <laughs> I don't know. I think he died in product. He died because he worked too many hours on <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. If he got taken down by Minority Report. <laughs> um. Uh, very interesting thing. So the pre-visualization, this is the first movie that did 3D pre-visualization. So they essentially made 3D models of everything. And that's as, as opposed to like storyboarding. Mm-hmm. 
first movie that did that. Very cool. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg the was things, like, I can but, just float my camera around. Oh, look at that. So there's all these things about that, like the, that about this movie that are interesting, and none of them make that this movie better. Yeah, I'm the like, only oh. thing that makes this movie better is like that the script was good. Yeah. And the oh, was good. thank God they pre-visualized it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have enjoyed it. As much. Yeah, no, <laughs> right. Totally. And like, yeah, like, oh, it really matters that they cross process this without, you know, like without the bleach transfer. Definitely need four. Definitely need need that to have be a whole paragraph in the Wikipedia and four points in the IMDb trivia. Yep. Um, but there are so many people involved in this. Just got to the cast right now. What? That's so weird. Yeah. Because they're like, these are the true stars. Right. <laughs> well, they broke, look, they broke them up too by, yeah, I always, like when, they, I always like when they do cool stuff like that with the credits. <laughs> I like the ones where they just have one. This would be underneath the crazy credits on the IMDb, <laughs> <laughs> the IMDb <laughs> section. The chase. Ah, oh, that is kind of cool. That's kind of crazy. I like it. You don't need one for the, for the one though. You didn't need to put the greenhouse and then the one lady from the greenhouse. Is that what it was? Yeah. The greenhouse, the woman, the person who wasn't, uh, <laughs> Bulgari model. Man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stunt people too. I wonder how many of them died, Christopher Nolan. <laughs> the cast was literally like almost last. Yeah. They're going to do the, the songs and then you're pretty much out. Is this Spielberg saying that the effects were more important than the cast in this movie? Probably. That it was his assistant is more important than Tom Cruise. <laughs> Massachusetts, Massachusetts, Virginia, California, yeah. Washington uh, D.C. So they did yeah, some they shot some there. Gap, obviously. The J.W. Marriott, Special Lengths, Lexus, and Toyota, and all of the other brands. Cops. Where was E.T. in there? E.T. Yeah, it's a. The he was probably watching it at some point because Steven Spielberg. There's nothing he loves more than the things that he's done. <laughs> All right, Cameron, that's about it. We're yeah, at the, we're at the Motion Picture Association code. We did it. So thank you so much for doing this with me. Thank you for having me, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.